This episode of the Opie Radio Podcast, sponsored by HelloFresh. Listen closely if you want 10 free meals. Uh, with HelloFresh, you get fresh pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. HelloFresh lets you skip those trips to the grocery store and makes home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And that's why it's America's number one meal kit. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 10OP. It's the number 10, by the way. Use the promo code 10OP for 10 free meals, including free shipping. Once again, HelloFresh.com slash 10OP, the number 10. Use the promo code 10OP for 10 free meals, including free shipping. Okay, time for the last episode of 2020. I've been thinking about what I wanted to do for the last episode of 2020, and it was pretty obvious to me. As you know, we lost our dear friend, Vic Henley, back in April. He died, by the way, right around Carl's birthday. And I knew I wanted to end this year celebrating the life of Vic Henley. And even though he was alive for only three months of 2020, he gave me great stuff for the podcast. So I'm going to feature all the stuff Vic Henley did for me in 2020. Not all of the years we were together, just in 2020. So I hope you enjoy this. Sit back for a very, very special episode of the Opie Radio Podcast. And a couple notes, by the way. The last time I saw Vic Henley, you're going to hear it on this podcast because we happened to podcast that day. And then uh, way later in the episode, you're going to hear the last time I ever talked to Vic Henley. Uh, I called them up to do an episode of, yes, the Opie Radio podcast, and it turned out to be the last time I ever talked to my dear friend, Vic Henley. So check it out. Big cigar guy, yeah, huge cigar guy. So he's in he's in Nashville doing some gigs. He goes to his favorite store. He finds his this brand, and it's not because it's Cuban. I don't even know if it is Cuban, but it's his favorite brand. Not because it's a jillion dollars or whatever, but it's really rare. It's hard to find. Yeah. So he gets a whole box of them because he can't believe he just ran across a box of them. <laughs> so you're right in the store. So he's yeah. he's having a big day. He sold out that night two shows, uh, you know. And so he's got the cigars, and uh, so he he get, he. he Gets on the bus that afternoon. He lights one up before the show. So he, there's only one missing out of the box of this really rare one, his favorite one ever. Yeah. Out of 
40 years of smoking. So a fan comes up to him at the end of the show and goes, hey, I know you're a cigar guy, so I brought you one. And he hands him the exact same. He hands him one. So Ron gets to go and put it back in the box, keeping it still a full box. <laughs> yes. That's just as odd. The same day. same. He's in the cigar going, oh, my God, how lucky am I? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to smoke one of these. And then somebody goes, hey, I know you're a cigar guy. Here's your, oh, and Ron goes, yeah, get on the bus. Yeah. Get, come on. You're drinking tequila. Right. Get on the bus right, right now. And so some poor fucker just handed him the golden ticket. <laughs> that Absolutely. is funny, man. Absolutely wonderful. That is good. good yeah. stuff. Well, I good told stuff. you at the, at the fake wedding that he had in 2013. Oh, um, we can talk about the fake sure, wedding finally. I, we can talk. It's, it was, you know, he's still in, you know, arguing about the money and the divorce and everything because yeah. he never really married her. Yeah. At the fake wedding, he's friends, Ron's friends with Jean-Paul Whatever he is, uh, the the Paul Mitchell, Jean Paul Giorgio, I think he's is his name. Friends with that guy. He's friends with that guy, the ponytail guy with the beard, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. who's Patron. Also, he's a giant. To, he he's responsible for Patron. He went from shampoo to liquor. I don't know why. That's why he's a goddamn jillionaire. No, yes. I, I didn't know that. John Paul is completely in charge of Patron, and he started out with a brand of his called oh, wow. Porfidio, okay, which is still very hard to find. And I think he just bought that whole distillery down in Mexico and changed it all over, right? And that's how Patron got going. So, but. He's the master of tequila over the planet Earth, Jean. So, um, so Jean Paul being friends with Ron at the, in, in the big giant ballroom where the party's going on. So the band's playing, everybody's dancing. There's 300 people. It's a raging yeah. hotel ballroom wedding party. In each corner, excuse me, back left, back right, giant hand carved ice fountains <laughs> that are just spewing tequila. They just pour tequila. And it runs down a slide. And then it goes through a vent. Wait, the fountain was tequila? Yeah, it's got all the Patron logos carved in the ice. It's a whole. It's a bar made of ice. This thing's this got thing a. Com- a it's got a compressor. Something. Wow, yeah. So that's it's just. Awesome. So that's it's just. Re- it's just recycling it. <laughs> yeah. So all you do is walk up there and stick your glass in, and walk over there and do a shot. Yeah. So you're, you're not getting anybody else's backwash or anything. It's because it's just. You just walk over there and uh, stick your. Stick your glass in the middle it's got of the motor on. Right? Yes. Goddamn. Two of them. Shit. And so uh, I know Ron and Alex Ramundo has. Uh, now ex-brother-in-law, but still good friend, comedian, opener. They've got a flask of the number one. Each of them have a flask of the number one. And I keep going up to them on the dance floor going, give me the flask. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, Ron's like, that goddamn Patron ice fountain in the back. You got that, 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 that. I'm like, come, give me, just shut the fuck up. Give me the flask. Because <laughs> it's not as good as yours. Henry, goddamn it, there's an ice fountain in the back. A fountain filled with tequila. Patron ice fountain. But officially, they weren't married that day? Well, it looked like it to everybody else standing there. She came in and made She had four costume changes. There was an aerialist. I've never told you this part? No, I don't think so. Oh, my God. Ron talked about, uh, there was like, there's a jib. You know, the camera on the thing, on the crane-like thing that moves around. Ron goes, my last HBO special didn't have as many cameras as this one. And she had four costume changes. Uh, No, she changed costumes three times. (laughs) And so, she did. So, we're sitting there and watching all this. Yeah. And so, during one of the songs, this this girl that's kind of sitting down front, and she's kind of wearing like a real skimpy little short skirt thing, you know, very flimsy looking. And uh, they pause, and this was perfect timing. They've rehearsed this to the T. And so here comes the 
giant metal hula hoop coming lowering down out of the oh ceiling. My the hoop, God. like Cirque du Soleil, yeah, you know. Sure. And this girl stands up, and oh, she just pulls off the little skirt. And now she's wearing so now because she's wearing like a tutu thing, yeah. and she's got tights on and everything. She's wearing so her outfit. She's got her, but she's it's yeah, go. it's her aerialist, you know. So showtime. She, she, <laughs> showtime. Right. It stops right above her head, and she grabs a hold of it, and it lifts her up about another 10, 12 feet, and she starts Cirque du Soleil, and she's spinning and hopping through it and rolling around on it and doing every kind of gymnastic, whatever you would call that move on it. Please tell me there was an accident. She no, ended up in the fountain. No, that's what I was hoping oh, for. That's what I was no. Everybody sitting there was hoping for that. Of course. <laughs> every <laughs> every comedian in the room is sitting there going, what Did the, the triple lending into the, the fountain. The triple lending into the fountain. <laughs> those, those acts are useless unless something goes wrong. I know. We're all right. watching because we want something to go wait, wrong. It's NASCAR. Yeah. I, I'm not <laughs> impressed that you're so yeah, damn good yeah. at this. <laughs> and she was, so then it just gently lowers her back down. Yeah. And she, she sets down, walks right back over, puts her skirt back on, sits back down at the table. Like it was nothing. And then, and then that's when Margot gets into the next song. You know, Daryl Hall. I mean, uh, John Oates sang a song with it from Hall of Notes. He was there. He was at the wedding. Yeah, yeah. Oh my he's, god. He's buddy. They Ron. I'm sure Ron paid him a fortune to write her but a song did, and work but with her. But he's get, always around. John Oates. He's a great guy. But did did this wedding get uh, away from Ron White? Oh, well, completely. Yeah. yeah, he looked like All a right. deer in headlights. He All was right. sitting there. It was Doctor Phil at the rehearsal dinner the night before. Ron, I think you told me that the. After your last divorce, and if I ever get married again, please hit me in the face with your driver. <laughs> and Dr. Phil goes, my clubs are in the car. <laughs> oh, I like Dr. Phil now. Oh, oh, Dr. Phil's the best. Okay. I like Dr. Phil now. You don't know about the Irish exit? I do Irish exits. Okay, yes. I do too. I love it. I hate saying goodbye. So I just sneak yeah. out. We're at this yeah. rehearsal dinner, which Margo has decided it has to be formal. So I had to rent a tux. Now the sure. wedding, the wedding the next day at the big blowout party, it went full on Tex Mex. It's just brisk, it's fun, so you can wear whatever you wanted. But oh, that's the, cool. the night before, it's like a nine course meal, and I got to wear a tux, and it's in this old Victorian mansion that's gone full on French, <laughs> and every every dollop of every course is the size of a you know yeah. a quarter. Yeah. And yeah. so yeah, and so and they're trying to be oh too fancy, and there's little different rooms and jigzags. So here's how <laughs> I'm sitting next to John Paul's wife. I love these. I'm that's sitting next true. to John Paul's wife. Yeah, and this is how dingy she is and she kind of I hear her say two or three times I'm getting a draft from somewhere it's kind of chilly something I can't are you cold I'm, and he ain't paying he's talking to whoever's sitting next to him and I'm, so then she finally turns to me because I'm sitting right next to her he, she's, I'm between, she's between me and her husband and she looks at me and she goes are you feeling I'm like you're sitting on a vent <laughs> and she was and she never thought to look down she's wearing a she dress she's sitting around with a draft she, right, it's, she's sitting on a vent wearing a dress dress is blowing up your skirt and she's never i go i'm just screaming as, with laughter inside as, as it's making her cooter go it feels it feels a little brisk i don't know it what does. it is what's that sound right. why is my cooter making that sound but let me go back to dr phil sorry sorry again. let me go no because we're at the, we're in the we're in the old mansion with the seven course french dinner in the tuxedo and i can see um, after I'm after you're sitting on a vent, I can, <laughs> I can look across the room and in a little side room because you kind of got to go around a corner. Yeah, Kathleen Madigan is sitting there next to Doctor Phil and his wife Robin. Yeah, and they're all at this one table. And Madigan, I'm making eye contact with Madigan, and she keeps waving me over. She's like, "Get up and come over here." So I walk over, and there's a seat between Doctor Phil and his wife. So as I go walking up to sit down, he stands up and he goes, "Hey, I'm Phil McGraw, and I, I'm Big Henley Phil." And I said, "You sit down." And and then so we sit there, we start chit chatting, and he start he immediately goes 
what do you think about this food? And we're on like course number four now, and we've had maybe five bites, <laughs> you know, and, and none of it's been just a quail egg with truffles, something, <laughs> yeah, of course, you know, and all this <laughs> stuff, course. you know. Uh, and uh, he goes, I'm, he goes, I was just telling Kathleen, I think I'm gonna have to. Go to Ruth Chris and get a steak. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, he goes, I hate to be a dick. <laughs> and so, and his, he's looking at his wife, who's her name is Robin, and so she's just sitting there sipping Patron, and she looks at me, and she's like, I kind of agree with him, you know. And so Madigan goes, I keep telling him we should do the Irish exit. And he goes, I'm not familiar with that term. He's from Texas. He never, and so she explains it to her, you know, that you just leave. Yeah. <laughs> and, every, and, and Irish people are so hammered, they don't know if he left or not. Yeah, yeah. And Dr. Phil goes, I'm in. <laughs> nice. So I, by now the next course is coming. I have to get up. Every who's seen I'm in has come back. So I go back to our table. And sure enough, but within 10 minutes, I look over there, and they're all gone. Dr. Phil's gone. His wife's gone. And Kathleen's gone. Yeah. And they, they went straight downtown and found a Del Frisco's, I think, and walked, walked right in. And the weird, Now, the capper of this weirdness is Madigan tells me later, they go walking in there, and she had done a corporate for Bayer Aspirin in Kansas City about a month before. And then about a year before, she played in Jim Kelly's uh, charity golf tournament up in Buffalo. And her in her group was Joe Theismann. Oh, wow. So they go walking in. Doc, they walk in Del Frisco's after doing the Irish exit with Dr. Phil. And the first person they hear is Kathleen. They look over and it's the chairman of Bayer Aspirin having dinner with Joe Theismann. Oh, my <laughs> God. Yeah. And she walks in with Dr. Phil. <laughs> yeah. so, She's a rock star. So they, yes, they all go in because Joe Theismann stands up and he looks at Dr. Finney because I don't know if she's told you how good she is out of the bunkers but she's amazing. <laughs> Her short game's incredible. Because I think they almost won the thing, the celebrity program part yeah, of you yeah. know. Oh, wow. And so they so they got out of the crappy nine-course meal and ended up at Del Frisco's with Dr. Phil, Joe Theismann, and the chairman they of Probably Bear. had a great time. It's <laughs> out of black. No, right. She's sending me texts the whole time. I'm like, I thought I was supposed to go with you. Watch, you, yeah. you, you weren't supposed to Irish yeah. exit me. Oh my God. You know. Right. And then um, I think his name is Oscar Hernandez and he's a Grammy Award Award-winning uh, in this in the salsa category or in the Latino category. Right. I'm telling how much that cost. <laughs> right. It's a full-on salsa band. That's crazy. It's, it's, wow. it's like there's thirty people up there. Yeah, you know, there's six background singers. You know, it's it's crazy good. And Ron had to take salsa lessons. <laughs> 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 he was in health, so so they can do oh, their jump. so they can do their bride and groom dance, you know, like you're supposed to do. So wait, the bride and groom dance was a salsa. Yes, was he so, Yes. Oh my! So the, I but, thought it was like a fool around thing later no, on. No, no, you come out. Here comes this. So they did the services. She sang. Yeah. Doc J. We had the aerialist. Then she had another costume change, and then the band starts, and he's got to start by dancing just the two of them out there, <laughs> and it looked like I don't. I, here we go. It was, it was, it was tragically Caucasian. It was just so. We're going to bring I, the happy couple out for the equal that you got out there. He just couldn't. He's trying, bless his heart. He's pretty He's pretty good. He's better than my brother. But, but he, gave it, uh, he gave it a good try. My brother dancing with my niece at her wedding two years ago, yeah. uh, uh, he's, the, he's tone deaf. And I thought he was going to yank her shoulders out of the socket. <laughs> and they practiced and practiced, and they were trying to sing, they were trying to do like a country couple dance to Rock My World, You Little Country Girl. Right. And I mean, I thought he was going to, I thought she was going to need a neck brace. popping. Back like, brace. You know, he was, right. was he moving yeah. around like Herman Munster? Yeah, just, yes, just horrible. And he's yanking her, yeah, and she's tiny. And she's tiny, and he's just yanking her and whipping her. It's just too, uh, so, so. Uh, so so, what, so Ron wasn't that bad, but it, Ron trying to salsa was almost as bad as Terry Henley trying to oh, dance, period. Ron. Can we go save him? So, uh, he's all right now. He's, he's all right. He's now. fine all right. now. God, what a great start to the podcast. I love that story. <laughs> I love it's that. Been, it's, for, it's, it's epic. Oh, we, we uh, haven't talked about you getting hit by a car yet, Vic Henley. Uh, I got hit by a car. SUV. 
Let's not just an, lower an it. SUV. SUV. Yeah. What the fuck? Sober, first of all. You know, I'm crossing 86th Street and 3rd Avenue, and I clearly have the light, the little man's blinking. It ain't even going to the number counting yet. It's Because all I said to the guy after he hit me was, it knocked the breath out of me from the back. He kind of clipped me. He's hauling ass up 3rd Avenue, and 86 is a four-way. Yeah, yeah. Two this way and two the other way. Most streets in New York City are one-way. Yeah. And it's a four-way, and I guess he didn't. He, I got on a long black overcoat, and it's late, and I fucker didn't see me. And uh, he whips by, and he clips me on the whole left side. So from the left shoulder down to the top of my ass, spans me around. I'm in the street. It sounded like a clap of thunder. It scared me to death. And, I, and it knocked the breath out of me from the back were instead you, of from the front. You were know? you in the middle of the road just, like, gasping for I was, air? I was two feet from the curb. I was, I was the literally. The bus stop, like, Yeah, right I was there. right there because once I got yeah. to my feet, there was a bench right there, and I sat down on it. But, there, no, I was literally one, two, and then I'm on the sidewalk. And he didn't see me, and he was flaring up there and going to make the line, hang a hard left, and he clipped me on the left. And so I had a giant knot on my ass from the top of my, right about my hip on the back, yeah. all the way up to the shoulder blade. But I knew that. I've had crack ribs before. That's a whole other story. Wait, you hurt all just, the just way in up? that area? He just got me on the left hand side, all from, the way up, from shoulder to top of the hip. Wow. Nothing on the legs, nothing on the right, nothing. From pretty the pretty close to your fucking head. Yeah, but I, he, he just so I'm I'm laying there. You got punted. You got punted. All I kept saying was, you know? I'm like, I can't get my breath because, and, and I'm going, and he's going, he's telling the same, he's scared to death. Bless his heart, he was the nicest fella, and he has a passenger. It's an Uber guy because I got his driver's license. It's a commercial license, and. Um, He's like, stay right there. We're calling 911. Stay right there. And I know I've just got, and I'm, I'm kind of sitting in the street and I'm kind of moving around and I know I'm all right. And once I get, and I keep going, I had the light. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just stunned. I don't know what, I, I, I thought like I said three times. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had the light. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God this worked out because I don't want to be at your funeral going. And his final words were. <laughs> so now. Put it on your damn But within. So now. That's within 10 scary. Okay, now Seamus, my good friend, he who lives in the neighborhood as well. Who randomly appears out of the blue at like two a little, in the morning. Like, like a like little an Irish, Irish angel. Angel. He's, he's, he shows up. He, he probably was coming to buzz my buzzer and say, "Let's go get a yeah, beer." Yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. he'll do that sometimes yeah, at two right. in the morning. Well, hey, I got yeah. a, I got some weed. Yeah, let's yeah, go yeah, smoke yeah. or let's go do something. Yeah. So, so he walks up and he sees it, you know, and he's like, "What's happened? What's happening?" So now I'm like, "Get me up!" So they help me to my feet, and again, I'm moving around. I'm kind of stretching. I don't feel. I've had cracked ribs before, and even though I'm sore, you can't even breathe or laugh. It hurts so bad. So I know that hadn't happened because I'm, I'm huffing and puffing, and I'm all right. And I yeah. sit on the bench for a minute, and Seamus goes, "I'm just telling the guy to go on." I'm like, just go. I, he was so genuinely honest and nice that I wasn't going to be, I'm taking this and I'm going to sue you and I'm going to do all this stuff. And he was, I could see the panic and he was sincere. And yeah. he's, got a, he's got a lady with him. He said, they're both. They couldn't have been nicer. And they were so terrified that I went, once I thought I was okay, I'm like, I'm letting them off the hook. Really? And so, well, I just didn't want to be that dick that's going to sue. Because now you got to go, then I got to go find an attorney. Now we got to go look at the. the but when, the you didn't have, you, when you didn't have air, do I have to teach you stuff? You're laying on the, on the street, you just said. Empty your pockets. No, no, no. No, I'm not. I, it, twi- <laughs> yes. Do you own that no, car? Right. No. And, and yes. And twelve-year-old uh, me till I was thirty would have totally went the crooked route and thought about what can I get out of it, and then I just I, I couldn't do it, and I knew I was all right, and I guess I am. You're and, a good dude, man. So, well, Seamus helps me up, and we can't. So he did. I took a picture of the guy's driver's license. Just in it's case. In, it's in yeah. my phone. Because you could have had internal bleeding. I peed blood for a day. 
And then the next couple of days, I pee. Not not every pee, but the, over the next. How dark? Pretty dark? Like real dark. Like pee, like blood, bad, you know, total. So, so they got, like your got me in the kidneys, yeah. They got your kidney good. And so I'm peeing and pooping blood. What the fuck? So, and, but only yes. for a day. And then the day I've ever seen. You didn't go to urgent care? No, or I just pounded water. I just started feeling <laughs> gallons. <laughs> I just started feeling gallons of water. It's just a normal Wednesday. I'm just going to flush this out. Hey, Kobe, just pound some water. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's your logic. That was my logic, yes. Stretch, <laughs> stretch. My stretch? No, no, I'm saying not stretch. Do a lot oh. of stretching. I'd oh. wake up. I'm, stretching in water takes oh. care of being hit by an SUV. I'm shitting blood. Okay. In my case, yes. All right. Yeah. Let's call the uh, medical journals and uh, yes. get this in. Well, I wasn't going to go online and look. I don't ever like right. looking and getting scared and right. worried about anything. Yeah, but, let's go and put that online. But it, um, what does Johns I, Hopkins have to say about that? Right. But, <laughs> within a day, the very next day, the knot on my hip, which was really bad that night. It what was do you mean all, a knot? Like just it like, just bulged up like a big old knot. Like That's blood. Or, I don't know what it was, but it, 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 I was pushing. Blood it didn't feel. It didn't feel squishy. It felt like a hard knot, like when you get a knot on your fucking wow. head. Well, usually that's blood, and that's how tight it, it is. It wasn't. I don't think. Well, anyway, it didn't. It wasn't, and uh, it started going away immediately. And then yeah, within, the blood subsiding. Well, the, but uh, every day, but every I knew. But every day, I did a few stretch. I, I did right. Jane Fonda tape. And yeah. I feel great now. <laughs> <laughs> of water, Jane Fonda will do you wonders when you get hit by a car. You're nuts. Why did you go to urgent care? I don't. I didn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have no health insurance. I, don't, I, I, I can. I got You're money. You're a comic. I, I know got you money. Have money but. But I, I don't have. I don't have health insurance. But you know, that's crazy. But I just pay right? for it because I got enough money. But um. Yeah, I'm fine. Apparently, it's okay. Yeah. So, yeah. I, and then I electrocuted myself to... Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Wait. I've had two in five <laughs> weeks. So, you wait a minute. But, all right. So, five weeks later, you're fine from the car accident. Yes. And then here about two weeks ago... Yeah. Um... Uh, my, I have some. I'm, I'm replacing some sconces in my dining area, and it's been a giant pain in the ass. And I thought I was going to have to put on an oven mitt and get a hammer and bust the light bulb, and then take some needle nose pliers to twist this thing out because oh, sure. the whole unit's gone wrong. Okay, and I can't get it out of the wall. So I got the aforementioned Irish Angel Seamus, who can do anything. Yeah, uh, I go come fix. I was leaving town. Me and him went down to uh, Baltimore to work the gig, and um, Seamus fixed it while I was gone. So when I come back. Both sides, I can see he's dismantled the whole thing, made it work. And there, one side is raw wires sticking out of the wall. And the other side is, I can see he's just gotten the unit away from the wall. So it still yeah. looks like it's plastic and has a base and this, that, and the other. And there's two, there's two switches that control this, these lights. And I thought I had them both on off. And so, but one of them was on and I didn't know it. And I went over there and I was looking, I'm like, I know better than to ever touch the raw wire ever. <laughs> and, and it, but even it's also, I'm kind of looking at things cause I want to go online and start researching how to replace this. Yeah. So I'm reaching up there and I'm fiddling with it with my left hand. Yeah, step number one, turn off the power. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought I had both, I thought he both. He said he thought the power was but, off. Well, there's two right, switches right. and I knew the one right by it was off, <laughs> yeah. but the other one over in the other part of the apartment that still controls that socket was on. <laughs> and I reached up there and it zapped my ass to the oh floor, to the floor <laughs> immediately to the floor well I, luckily i let go luckily it was so it was such a jolt if i, I let go immediately and just knocked my ass down on the floor and i'm like so yes yeah, the only reason he let go probably is because it collapsed yeah. so i've been electrocuted ground, and hit by an suv in five weeks <laughs> but the, but it was that much of a jolt that it threw, knocked it my ass on the ground the yeah. yes 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 Shook it off. And, and you all right? Yeah. Did electricity come start, flying out of another part no, of your body or my, anything? My penis. 
<laughs> no, I, <laughs> well, I, I started. You. I started pounding water and did a little stretching. <laughs> right. Right. I decided yoga would be the best <laughs> thing to do for my electrocution. That's right. What? I was surprised I, I got, got electrocuted because I had this oven mitt on. <laughs> I, I got hit by an SUV, so I decided to hydrate myself. That's right, and do some stretching and, and stretch my hands. Y'all ever do yoga? That's what I was like. You know, yeah. That's all in five good. weeks. Yeah. I think Carl's looking out for you. Hopefully. Somebody, somebody's well, looking out Well, it was right next to uh, the uh, hot dog joint, the papaya. Carl's oh, yeah. favorite. It one was the, right there. You the know? reason I knew. So there could be something to that. Part, you know? the, before, one of the reasons I knew I had the light was, yeah. A, I was sober. Yeah. And I was staring at Grace papaya on, a, on the other side of the street, and I was contemplating I really should go in there and get a couple of hot dogs. Yeah. <laughs> that was literally. Right. And I was waiting on the light change while I was thinking that. And then when the little white man came on and started blinking, I'm like, oh, I want to go over here. Blam! Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll add that to your eulogy. <laughs> and then he crawled to papaya. Papaya. Grace papaya. Grace papaya. Grace papaya. Right. Wow, man. Well, I'm, I'm just obviously happy you're all right. That sounds like... That's crazy. Uh, you that's know, just insane, man. Life in New York City. But you weren't worried when you were peeing blood or any of that? How many days were you going to give you one yourself? One a day. Man. What do you, maybe one bad pee. So it was, it was full, subsiding. It was full on blood. And then the no, next. but I mean, it, it subsided enough after a day where you're like, okay, I'm, oh, not, yeah. I'm not that worried yeah. anymore. And then the whole time, whenever I'd not have to cough or laugh or breathe, it would reassure me that uh, there's nothing wrong. I'm still sore through here, but these aren't cracked ribs. Yeah. There's not a broken rib here because yeah. you wouldn't be able to do any of the things. It was, it's excruciating pain. Okay, before we continue with this very, very special episode of the OP Radio Podcast, I want to welcome a brand new sponsor to the OP Radio Podcast. I'm talking about HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get fresh, pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. HelloFresh lets you skip those trips to the grocery store and makes home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And that's why it's America's number one meal kit. Don't tune out on me. I'm going to give you a chance to get 10 free meals, so sit right where you are. I love HelloFresh, by the way. They sent me three meals in the mail in a big box, nice and cold, nice and fresh. And they gave me three recipes to try. And all the ingredients came with the recipes, all fresh ingredients, perfectly measured out, uh, very easy directions to cook up the stuff. And I made, I don't know, I made some kind of pork dish over rice that had like a Hawaiian flavor plus a little heat to it. It was delicious and so much fun to make. And then I made a hamburger that had some kind of uh, uh, smoked paprika and gouda cheese. It was one of the best burgers I ever had. And honestly, they, they, they uh, had a recipe for some kind of relish on the side and fresh baked potatoes that you sliced up into little like uh, wedges. And the hamburger was delicious, and I didn't use ketchup. I'm starting to enjoy cooking ever since Carl uh, died. And HelloFresh is perfect for me, man. Perfect. And I follow the recipes, uh, you know, step by step. And my family absolutely loved everything I cooked from HelloFresh. I'm very, very happy they're on board with the Opie Radio podcast. HelloFresh cuts out stressful meal planning and grocery store trips so you can enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in about 30 minutes or less. That's the truth, man. And HelloFresh offers 23-plus recipes each week featuring a range of flavors, cuisines, and ingredients so you'll never get bored. They got like a vegetarian option, I believe. They got a family option. 
they got all sorts of options. You got to check it out for yourself. Okay, listen up, because I got a great deal for you. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 10OP. That's the number 10, by the way. HelloFresh.com slash 10OP. Use the promo code 10OP for 10 free meals, including free shipping. Once again, go to HelloFresh.com slash 10OP. Use the promo code 10OP for 10 free meals and free shipping. And Welcome aboard to HelloFresh. <laughs> Nick Cox is bartending. He's the only man who brought liquor to a bar. Never yeah. mind Nobody the bottle singular. No. He's a complete Wild Turkey, setup. Jameson, Woodford. The ball's on this kid. He Mixers. brings a whole bar to a bar. He you showed the cup the that you gave me, Dick? The original Carl's first birthday party. Yeah. He had a similar setup. Yeah. But he had it on wheels. Yeah. <laughs> and by the end of the night, it's just me and him up at my local that's now closed. Probably because of this. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Flynn's going, okay, motherfucker can't come in here. There's, he's, there, he's already, he's, he's, he's getting out of the cooler. He's with the roller. He's, it's a cooler on wheels. Wow, so he can't bring he goes, that he in can't here. do that. He goes, well, just, I go, well, so I go, dig, put it over in the corner. Just set him up in the corner. I go, don't make him take it outside. Somebody, <laughs> right. somebody will steal it for yeah. sure. There's yeah. a fucking $200 worth of liquor in there. And so he just, so he rolled it over to the corner and set it down. And then well, we... And then we drank at the bar the rest of the night. That's awesome. And then well, next thing you know, we're back in my house. Here he's dragging it down yeah, the street. Here yeah. we go. Dick Cox is a friend of all of ours. and But you do know that Gephardt's has a full <laughs> full bar. Yes, and more beers than we could count. And every type of bourbon and whiskey. Where's the South Carolina beer that you saw you brought up? He brought up? you, you a fruity beer. Yeah. There's an 18-pack of it. You got here. something they ain't got in here. No, I told him you were off the fruity beer. They ain't beer. got that. That's for you. Oh, he brought that special for you. I, told I him. appreciate it, Sherrod. He, he told me about it last night. I was like, okay, this is going to be exciting. Son of a peach. It's fruity. <laughs> what is it? I'll take a sip. It's a son of a peach from R.J. Rogers. <laughs> son of a peach. Son of a peach. And it's uh, from a uh, brewery in Spartburg, South Carolina. Upstate. Son yeah. of a peach. That's called Upstate. Yes, sir. In case you don't know the difference between Upstate and Downstate. <laughs> you know some slaves brewed this damn thing. Who are like, you kidding? I'm, I'm, no, they didn't. Who are you kidding? Those peaches come from a long line of a fucking oppression. Oppression. <laughs> <laughs> you can taste the hatred. You can taste the inequality in it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. The xenophobia. Yeah. You can taste. Try right. the beer, though. I want to see your. Uh, you like oh, it? It's plantation good. <laughs> Wow, that's damn good. Yowza. I knew you would love it. Yowza, yowza, I know yowza. it's got pop in it because it's southern, no. and you yeah. know they're going to fruit the shit out of it. Oh, no. That's nice. There you go. Yeah, I'll take, give me one of those, Dick. Yeah, I'm there on, you I'll go. Take, yeah. Did you bring any peach cobbler? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was really mad at Ben and Jerry's when they stopped making the Willie Nelson's peach cobbler ice cream. That was delicious. That was my favorite Ben yes. and Jerry's ever. And I'm yeah. like, I ain't even, I never had I went. That. Well, they had too much pot in it. so they. Oh, did they? <laughs> no. Growing up, Whoa. we hardly got ice cream. We had, we had no snacks, dirt poor. We never got anything. Ice cream so, is cheap. No, it doesn't matter. Even, no, it no, ain't. Anything you got to freeze, nigga, no, that's no, rich people nothing. desserts. <laughs> <laughs> you need a, you need you a, a pool it. <laughs> oh, that's rich people food. Right. When you we got, got the, a freezer? When we got the second freezer for the garage. When my stepdad married my mom, we got the second freezer in the garage. Oh, that's Oh, you would have thought I had a Rolls Royce. Yeah. <laughs> so he put the wild game. We already there. had the only garage in the neighborhood. It wasn't a carport. <laughs> a carport. Wait a minute. Yeah, there's a the difference between yeah. the garage. We were, we're all, we were already yeah. the only garage in the neighborhood. Oh, really? Everybody then, else just had the outdoor. Had the carport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. we 
That's and, then when, and, then, and then when we got this freezer in the car, in the in the in the garage, everybody's like, "Now nah, you're just crazy." <laughs> and my mom, she liked cherry vanilla, and we all hated it. Yeah. And it was her brand, so every now and then, when she felt like she wanted a treat for herself, she buy some cherry vanilla, knowing we wouldn't eat it. And then it just it was just, it was just like hanging meat in front of a dog, but he don't want that piece of meat. Right. You know, when we're my brothers, and I'm like, God damn it! Because <laughs> she bought the Neapolitan, the chocolate vanilla strawberry. Yeah. Oh, that shit was going. Y'all in eight ran minutes. right through that. Gone in eight minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so thirty something years later, and uh, she's visiting me in New York, and I always remember that she liked cherry vanilla. And this little story that I just said, and some about Cherry Garcia came up, and I went, "Oh my goodness, I'm about to give you." I go, "Do you is it still your favorite cherry vanilla?" And she goes, "Yes." I went to I went to the bodega and bought her a pint, and we went home. And it's the closest thing I've seen to my mother having an orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> I seen her come closer. <laughs> he was. Well, that's true. That is, I, I will not deny. It. Little BBC. I left him. I left him alone. I left him alone a few times. Little BBC. After George died. After George died. After George. I'm like, you know, why not? Why not? This is good beer, It's yeah, the peach beer. The racist beer is really good. Back four more in there, dude. I couldn't wait to to see. Well, both of you actually. Guess what I tried the other day? Black pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> I told you that story already. I was you going, did. You did tell me. I, I, I was going down, and, that's that's right. and I had a retreat. Yeah, you I said it was retreat. I had a retreat. The peach beer is good. I'm the racist kinda... beer is good. <laughs> the racist beer. <laughs> you know there's some kind of connection. Look, Come on. Yo, that beer held back my grandparents, but it's flavorful. <laughs> <laughs> Called son of a peach. You gotta take the good with the bad. That's right, that's right. Fruit wheat ale, unfiltered. I kind of like the upstate. You know, South Carolina's a weird state because yeah. there's upstate and there's downstate, and downstate I don't really like except for Charleston and the beach. Yeah, I'm kind of I just don't like it. And then upstate is kind of hillbilly. I kind of like it. <laughs> how you how you feeling by the way? You heard he got hit by a car, right? Who? This oh guy. yeah, that's right. The I'm alive. A couple weeks ago? Uh, well, five weeks. I'm alive. No, Did you notice I was behind now. the wheel and couldn't you? No, that's, <laughs> that's why. I, if you listen to it, I said I did not pursue litigation. <laughs> Thank because him, I Jesus. Knew it was you. He didn't go for the lawsuit. Uber driver, too, bro. Oh, wow. Uber drivers are the worst. Was it a woman? Uh, he had a woman passenger. But oh, the, passenger. But you would have got the money from Uber, not the guy. Yeah. That's a. That's a well, well, there can be long term effects. <laughs> Could be long-term effects. <laughs> and it knocked you down, right? Could be long-term effects. It knocked my ass off the fuck. He was bleeding right. dark red. From he went ass over tea kettle. Dark bad. bread from what? I peed blood for a day. He got hit what? from the kidney all the way up to I his got head. I hit my car. It was real. Are you not pressing charges? Nope. It must be nice to be rich and white, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> I know him. I come from a litigious people. <laughs> yeah. I know him. You would be like, you'd be like, uh, was it Rodney Dangerfield? My arm, my arm. <laughs> 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 Rodney, my arm, my arm. <laughs> look around, yeah, look like around Jay really Jay. quick. And go, oh, my arm. <laughs> <laughs> it's a parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> Dangerfield. Oh. That's only the first part. What happened? Then a few more days go by and he electrocutes himself and he goes flying onto the floor. What? Touching some some We're live wires for, for him. <laughs> Wait, when did that happen? At your house? Okay, and, yes, and people want an update. Yo, no, there's no update. I'm, I'm hairless now. <laughs> <laughs> you are. Holy shit! I still got eyebrows. I 
<laughs> still got eyebrows. <laughs> you got eyebrows. So you're Brazilian too. <laughs> I am. Thank you, Dick Cox. <laughs> I'm hairless now. <laughs> So, Wade, what happened? He was uh, trying to fix a uh, no, wait, True I story. Had, uh, Jesus. She- Seamus and I were working on some light fixtures. I knew Seamus was involved. <laughs> but uh, uh, there's two switches in my house, and I thought they were both on off, and one of them was on on. Okay. And uh, I was uh, fucking with it, trying to look, and it zapped me to the floor. I, 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 ch- I thought I checked. <laughs> it's like, hey, Seamus, watch this. <laughs> you thought you checked the switch. That both of them were because I, I there's two. <laughs> right. And I would have. I would have. You looked at one twice. Right. <laughs> That's what I did. You're right. You old son of a bitch. Absolutely right. <laughs> Why are we laughing? Sat my ass to the floor. Wow. Yeah. Well, what I told him on the last of this again for rehashing, the best part of this was, yeah. I told my older brother, I'm like, I almost died today. He goes. Listen to this. And he told me like 12 stories. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you think you're stupid. <laughs> yeah. Was Seamus there when it happened? No. You was by yourself? Yeah, but Big I let go off. of it. I let go of it. So luckily, if you let go of it, you, you actually just fall But sometimes down. you can't let go yeah, of it. Yeah, sometimes you get glued well, to I that let fucking go current. that goddamn day. Yeah. Or yeah. your body weight dropped. Some Maybe. Yeah, yeah, your legs yeah. gave out. Yeah. Pulled you what, off. What the, the, I was drawing back to, I was watching the country music series by Ken Burns, and I think Hank Jr., I think Hank Jr. <laughs> what? Not Hank Senior. All right, I think Jr. Hank Jr. You got inspired by recklessness. Right. But Vic, of your brothers, you're the only one with a college degree, right? Uh, that's, we're not supposed to say that, Dave. <laughs> All right, sorry. But that, that is but totally that's true. They hate it when that's, I say that. That's the right. race. That's I'm the, the only Hillian that can actually prove I went to Auburn. <laughs> y'all are sports clipping. <laughs> mine, mine's a goddamn degree. Yeah. They have a fucking degree. <laughs> but that, now, luckily, they're not going to ever hear this. Right. <laughs> but but that, this is, they hate it when I say that. They hate it when I They can go back. But that's the ratio. Yes, though. they can. They, they can go back and finish. Yeah, they could. <laughs> that's the ratio, though, because they got 10 incidents to your one. One. I've got I've got my degree and I'm working on a master's, but I freaking got scars on me from all kinds of bullshit. See, yes, yeah. <laughs> now Mike, I almost had Mike was three. Mike's three credits away. My middle brother, who oh is the God. funniest. That's Henley. it. My Mike Henley is as funny as Richard Pryor and Phil King. That's my two best friends. Is Mike Henley, and, but Phil King, but Richard. Mike Henley is the funniest motherfucker <laughs> that I've ever been around. He's three credits away. Wow. And I was working at a sun tanning studio. <laughs> Terry Henley had a big idea my summer, because before I went back and graduated and started running the bookmaking operation, that's a whole other story. But we're running, Terry thought his, the name of the sun tanning place is called Tan in the Shade. <laughs> 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 I love great business ideas. <laughs> I got my tan in the shade. <laughs> I'm working really fucking funny. eighty hours a week. Uh, yeah, I'm working. It's when you laid in those coffin fucking things. And yeah. So Mike would uh, my best brother, and now fuck you, Terry Henley. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Henley would come to the show. He'd show up on every every fucking Friday. He'd roll in like Dick Cox with the cooler. <laughs> And I, because I had to sit there. I'm working fucking, I'm there at nine in the morning. I'm working 80, 90 hours a week. It's, right. It's me and Terry Henley in the coffin tan business, you know. 
and we're making a fortune and it's all cash. Wow. It's, well, that was that never happened. So nice. we're bo- we're below a craft shop that sold yarn and right. knitting needles. Right. And, you know, everybody had to glue. Like Michael's wanted to be right. Yeah. So Mike would roll in. So one Friday, Mike tells me, um, well, "You know, I can go back anytime and graduate." I'm like, "What?" He goes, "I can go back anytime. I'm three credits shot. All I got to do." And I'm like, "And I'm I'm going back in the fall." I'm like. Come live with me. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> Fuck you. Come what? live. Just what? graduate. One dumb Come class on. and party Somebody's got to do this. Right. It's me. Come on, me and you. And right. we will shove this down Terry Henley's throat for the rest of our fucking <laughs> life. <laughs> Why didn't he do it? He got a, he got a better job. Oh, all right. Uh, fair enough. But we had happy hour every fucking Friday. <laughs> right. He'd roll in there like Dick Cox. We sit there in the we sit there in the fucking office of yeah. tan in the shade. Was it mostly like women clientele? Uh, I believe it. Be. Did you, that's be. a good hookup, goddammit. Did you have the hidden cameras? Oh, no. <laughs> you I, thought about it. There's two others. He hesitated a little bit right there. He had to wait for the technology no, to catch up. Reminding, <laughs> you know how easy it is with the drop ceilings? <laughs> you reminded me of two weird... There, there's two weird stories that go with this. Okay, one, yeah. was, one was when it started to... When the tan started to fade... <laughs> yeah. Terry decides we have to have a fake... Uh, Prize. We're gonna have a. Every, if you buy seven tans in the next ten days, if you spend all this money, you're gonna win that. And he goes, "Fantasy trip to Jamaica." <laughs> oh my God! It was, all right. The festival. HBO's gonna make a documentary no, on the not. Henleys. <laughs> we're only we're only selling a hundred tickets. We're only selling a hundred tickets. Oh hundred tickets, fifty bucks each. Fifty bucks gets you fifty 10, bucks. Fifty bucks gets you ten tans. Okay. Oh, bucks, okay. Okay. Fifty bucks okay. gets you ten. And a chance okay. to go to Jamaica. And a chance, and a chance to, go to go to Jamaica. On the okay. fantasy trip. Right. On the fantasy oh, okay. trip. Fantasy, fantasy All right. trip to Jamaica. So, yeah. Wow. We're halfway into this. I don't know anything that's going on. <laughs> right. I'm talking to Terry one day, and I'm like, I'm like, have you, have you contacted a resort? Is there something going on? He's like, it's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so he knows my two my two of my best friends uh, at the time were David Dollahide and David Lorino. He goes, Call Dollahide and Lorino, it's all a fake. <laughs> <laughs> so we sold the fucking packages. Right. And then brought Dollahide and Lorino down and took a picture of them and put them up on the wall. And like so they, they won. won. <laughs> oh, my oh my god. <laughs> That's how it, you got away with it. Oh, you shit. did the McDonald's, McDonald's millions. The whole yeah. fucking- That's awesome. Wow. Oh, this is, no, you want to hear the end of this story? Oh, my God. I, you got to know it's money. a bad ending. No. no. It's a great ending. It's a great ending. Money. No, this is amazing. Uh-oh, All this right. Is, this is Terry Henley at his best. <laughs> um, when this thing is raging and everybody was in the tanning business, um, He's talking to all these guys that you know are starting other businesses and investing money and doing stuff. Yeah. And uh, so Terry's like, he's like, I'm banking like eighty grand a week off the uh, eighty grand a month off the books. Right. We're just knocking it out. We're killing it. So it's drifted down. You know, seven eight years later, I'm about to graduate from Auburn, and not even that. It's slower than that. But anyway, he's um he's going to sell it to somebody finally for like thirty grand. 
and he's at lunch. He's at a barbecue joint. He's at Ollie's Barbecue <laughs> in goddamn Birmingham, Alabama. Yeah. Big shout have, out. That have Bible verses on the table. <laughs> nice. Because Jesus said, thou shalt have sauce. <laughs> 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 they got Bible verses the placemat. You get a different one every time. It's, yeah. So this dude sees Terry, and he goes, "What's going on, buddy?" And Terry goes, "Well, I'm about to go up here and sell the tannin stuff." And the guy goes, "You told me you were going to sell that to me." And Terry's like, "Hell, it was seven years ago, buddy, or five, or whatever, but enough time." Yeah. And then he goes, "I thought it was bullshit. We were just talking." And Terry goes, "He's been selling for thirty-five thousand." He goes. I told you. He goes, well, what are you selling it for? And Terry goes, $80,000. <laughs> and the guy goes, I give you seventy five. Sold. And he didn't look at the books or nothing. Wow. Walked to the bank with Terry. Oh, what? my oh, God. Right. Bought the fucking business. He Beautiful. made 40 dollars at lunch. Wow. wow. That's strong. That. Terry Henley at his finest. That wow. is awesome. Now, now, there are other stories where he will tell you that he lost. Uh, sure. That same amount of money. Same amount of money. Yeah, right of now. course. That's my favorite thing about my older brother. He'll tell you, big fails, the big success. The yeah. yeah. No, no, But That's the fucking crazy. tan wow. in the shade. Now, the last, okay, the last tan in the shade story is this, we had a, we had a creepy dude. And so, I'm working 80 hours a week, and when I ever had four or five hours off, Terry made his wife come over and sit in for me. Right. So we had this dude that was a regular customer, and we find out later he's a pervert. And so he's he tells us. Wait, what a, is he getting done at the tanning salon? In the tanning. Tanning. He's tanning. But what's okay. the per- he, no, perversion? He somebody, he's going in there and he wants somebody to look at him. Oh, okay, yeah. But we ain't, but we he ain't got us on that yet. Right. He's popping in like he's a nice guy and he's selling t-shirts and he's got the polo logo. But the guy's falling off the horse. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of being on the I, I get it. I've seen them. <laughs> so he's like, he's like, hey, I'm selling this. Yeah. I, how, how, oh, I, uh, I can call my sister-in-law right now, and she would tell me his name. We don't, no. we don't need Well, they name. arrested him. No. He, oh, really? No, because this went on because Terry immediately, me and Lisa are going, well, uh, he's like, how's everything going? I'm like, everybody's tanning and everything's fine. Thank God for Lisa coming down here and give me a break every now and then right like this one weird fucker comes in because he would we had our our restroom was by the lobby and he would he'd shit and talk to you <laughs> from the, the door oh, open oh, <laughs> crack yeah. it open so you can hear Not fully open that's right but wide he's, stance he's got, wide his, stance. He's got his weird polo right. shirt on he's like yeah. hoping you would oh, hoping you, you know, would pee no you know even though we knew he was weird but he's spending <laughs> Right. He's, he's all he wants to win the fantasy Jamaica package. Right, right. He's, he's in this. Oh, he's in on the on the contest. Oh, he's, the, he's our best. He's, he's throwing money. Yeah. Henley's rule. He's going in the dark. <laughs> so he's in on Did the. Did he have trip. his dick out when she went in there? Something? No, but he. No, but he. She finally one time he was laying in the thing. Yeah. And he went, hey. Uh, the power went out or something. Oh, oh. Dirty son of a bitch. And she went 911 immediately. Oh, really? And he jumped up and ran out. Okay. And then uh, they got him two tan salons down the road later. <laughs> <laughs> Running the same thing. That was he his thing. He That's made his it thing. one down that was the road. They made it one more down the road. And then they and got by him. then, because Lisa already called 911. So I did mean, Lisa walk in on him when he said the power no, was he out? Didn't, no, no, no. Lisa, he called. She looked around the corner. I knew what was going on. Because I need some help. <laughs> 
Wow. He's really over there spread eagle. No, I'm right. What a sick son of a bitch. No I'm Jamaican trip for you. I'm at, I'm at the Golden Rule having the best fucking cheeseburger. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> no, I'm, 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 I'm working 88. <laughs> he was called it Tan in the Dark. It's, it's goddamn something I'm going to remember his fucking name. Don't say his name, man. I want to say it. It's Bob. It's Bob's the first name. All right, Victor loves sure. saying names. Bob something. We don't need the name. It's too good. Terry Henley wanted to murder too this good. Oh, I believe it. Oh, too good. Because first of all, he thinks me and Lisa are crazy. Right. Yeah. And it's just not y'all are stupid. Y'all are sitting there watching too much. All my children. Yeah. Big smoking pot and sneaking around the back. And there ain't no goddamn. Nobody's jacking off. And and she's like, no, it's somebody's jacking off. And this motherfucker. And the polo's off the horse. And it's something weird. <laughs> That was the giveaway. He wanted to get caught jerking. <laughs> what a fucking weirdo. Can't get through one of these without telling a My Norton story. <laughs> yes. We can end with that. No, well, it's My Norton, but Norton. Yeah. But Norton, Norton had a girlfriend when we were in high school, and uh, her name was Phyllis, and she was always, we'd always go over and shoot pool. A friend of ours had a pool table in his house, so we'd go over there and shoot pool. So it's the old Friday afternoon, and we ain't told any of the girls what we're doing that night, and they're all calling every eight seconds. The phone's ringing constantly. We're just shooting pool. There were eight seconds the phone rings. So it's me, my girl, Norton's girl, Broadfoot's girl, Phil King. Somebody's calling in. Look, we're shooting pool. Come on. It's 4.30. We told you. Well, we're trying to get some beers going here. Well, maybe it's six. Maybe we'll go to a movie. <laughs> yeah, we'll right. go do something. Maybe something's going on. You know? Yeah. But none of them, they're all pestering the shit out of us for like two hours. And so finally on like about you know 6.30 after fucking 80 calls, I grab the phone and go, let us down off the cross. <laughs> <laughs> Slam the phone down. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm with you again. Flash forward. <laughs> 25 <laughs> years later. <laughs> 25 years later. Norton is driving where Nick was talking. We yeah. were talking about he's going, he's on business. Yeah. And he's working in LA and had some stuff in Phoenix and this <laughs> and stuff. He's going for So out of the random, way before cell phones, he, uh, he took a picture with a real camera and sent me a postcard. So one day I opened up my mailbox and it was a picture of Norton and he's sitting there holding that cross, that giant cross right. at Joshua Tree. Yeah. The legendary. Yep. And he goes, I finally got down off the cross. <laughs> 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 <I love it. laughs> so I kept going and then I started believing in myself and I kept doing it and doing it. And then I started watching other videos online, how to fix your back videos. And one, I'm not going to lie to you, it was a bit homoerotic and I didn't realize that. Is time. it more homo or erotic? It was. It was. Uh, That's the standard. Sorry, that's a hack. It was. It was. It's a hack joke. I always have. Anytime someone says homoerotic, I, I'm required under I'll, Articles of Confederation, Comedy 147, Paragraph Two. I have to say, was it more homo or erotic? Well, I'll tell you this. It took me 20 minutes to figure out it was homoerotic. Oh. <laughs> Strahd has left the building. Uh, that's not the part that's a bad idea, oh, Judge Jones. Uh, Vic is just babbling over there. That's why it's a bad idea, I'm thinking. I don't know. Uh, so Sherrod had to go and be famous somewhere. He's got a lot going on. His agent called. His Very agent important. called, and he Very ran important. out. 
And Vic's like, God damn it, let's continue. And I'm like, yeah. all right. Sure. <laughs> well, we got drinks. Dick brought a fucking bar with I'll him. I'll tell you, you why this is a bad idea. Thank you, Judd. And yeah. you, you should know, Judd. Yes. He gets mean. <laughs> oh, no, let's fuel the fire. I mean, you know, why not? He gets not mean. All not all the time. Sometimes I'm sentimental. <laughs> yeah, you get okay, sentimental. Right, I can be sentimental. I get a little verbose at times. All right. but, uh, That's the you worst know. part, yes. Yeah, yeah. All right, so right. The, so, no. Sure. So I'll this, start. I'll be, I'll be like Charlene Darling. Don't play that one, Paul. It makes me cry. <laughs> what makes you cry? Me? What makes Vic Henley cry? Oh, God. Music totally every day. Auburn winning? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you, Dick Cox. No, but, it never gets that bad with Auburn winning. No, well, hey, Auburn lost last night, and that, that didn't make me cry. But, yeah. you know, but no, anything it, musical. I swear to God, uh, movie moments, musical moments, watching Ken Burns country music thing made no, you cry 16 hours yeah because yeah. eight two-hour episodes yeah i cried like a baby yep. what part the, all of all it all of it because i really? know it resonates to me okay first of all i knew a lot of it yeah and then the parts that i don't know fucking were amazing and you know Dolly Parton singing Mule Skinner. Yep. Okay. Johnny, which is a Jimmy Rogers song from 19 fucking, what is it, Dick? Oh, 27? Or, yeah. Okay. And God damn it, she fucking murders it. Yep. It resonates because she hits every note. Yep. Right. Hey, hey. She hits every fucking note. It's yep. amazing. Music makes me cry. Yeah. Every what? fucking time. Can I? Tell, M- music it, and movies, a, a line and a song. I, we I touched on it a few episodes ago when we were talking about the Talking Heads and one of my favorite songs. Uh, makes me cry. One of my favorite songs of all oh. time is this. This must be the place by the Talking Heads off speaking in tongues. And mm-hmm. I, I. Wow. All right. Oh, woo. Okay. Uh-oh. Yeah. Wait, Wait a minute. No, I'm not going to cry. Wait but, a minute. Uh, cry? So ahead, cry. With, with Carl's death, we had a lot to do. Mm. The friends of Carl, we all had a lot to do. It started here where we wandered in, and we knew this was the place to go after yep. Carl died, and we did a podcast uh, for fans and us. Yes. Fucking Vic shows up okay. with like a like yeah. a two week beard. I mean, <laughs> none of us. Yeah. No, you look no, like I a mess. Good. I was I a mess. Sherrod yeah. was a mess, and all his friends. You know, I'm still came. not right. No one's <laughs> right. But we came here, you know, last minute, and we felt like let's roast him a little bit because yep. we did so many podcasts from here. And then from there, it was like one thing after another. There was a La Cabana uh, memorial that yep. we did. And we podcasted from there. And then I went out Pink to... Pig Beach. Pig, well, Pig Beach was finally the end. Then I went out to California because Guy Fieri... Uh, oh, yeah, I missed that one. Guy yeah, Fieri invited no me for a special either. version of uh, Grocery Games, which is coming out very, very soon on nice. the Food Network. And then I'm hanging out at Guy Fieri's house yeah. and with all of Carl's TV slash California friends. And... I was flying back from California, and I just needed music. Right. You know, you know when you just need music. Always yep. feel good. And I, I came upon this must be the place by the Talking Heads. Mm-hmm. I'm on, um, I'm on a plane flying back to my family after going through all this. Yeah. And I'm bawling, listening to this song in my headphones. No joke. I listened to the song over and over and over again. Even in my Uber ride back uh, uh, to the city, I must have I must have played it ten times in a row. Tears, then happiness and joy, and then like I'm I, uh, I'm waiting for my luggage, 
and I'm dancing to this stupid song in front yeah. of everyone. I don't give a fuck. I'm right. celebrating life. It was I mean. all yeah. in that yeah. song. Right. And there was something about finally letting go of Carl at that moment. Like, I did what I had to do. We had, we had to send him off nicely with some jokes yep. and roasting and telling stories. And I felt like I finally did it, and I could finally like just breathe again. Nice. And I like it was that, that song that, yeah. that brought me uh, happiness and to tears all at the same time. Well, you time. said something the other day about landing at the airport because you remember that time about picking up. Yeah. Everything, you know. Oh, with Carl? Yeah. That's one of my favorite episodes yeah. I ever did. When he was coming in from Vegas, and I surprised him. Yeah, picked him up. And he had to cancel his ride, and, and he had to deal with me. <laughs> <laughs> It, it's pretty much. What, I mean, me and Vic have done amazing episodes and all that, but that well, something about that. He he was out in Vegas with Guy Fieri, partying his ass off, and there I am, all chippering, wide awake, because I get up early, and he just had a red eye, and he walks out of the, uh, the you know, uh, off the plane, and there I am, and yeah. I just made it hurt. Yeah, yeah. Well, but he went with it. But he went with it. Grabbing him in the hallway on the first birthday party. Huh? Grabbing him in the hallway <laughs> on the first birthday party at the underground. That yep. was also, if that was surprising, I'm not confused. I saw that video. Oh, with Guy Fieri and all yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know I was being low. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, saw, I saw that video. That Usually was I'm not. great. You never have to tell Well, me. for people that don't know, so we uh, we were throwing Carl a, uh, a surprise. Not a surprise. He knew that he was having a birthday right. celebration. Right. Yeah. We didn't know, the, he the didn't know Alex show. and uh, we all knew Guy that and, guy and everybody else. Rocco right. and Rocco. What's the pastry guy? Bald-headed guy. He oh, was there. Duff. Cake Duff. But at this point, just to fill in the blank, we all knew he was getting a divorce, and he was yes, in a bad place. Yes. Super ugly. And um, what he didn't know was... Uh, you know, we were there. They say shove it up your fucking ass. Yeah, we we threw. I mean, shove it up your black fucking butthole. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Put a nice show together. Anyone knows who that reference is? <laughs> <laughs> and I. Uh, if anyone has a black butthole that needs <laughs> something shoved in it hard. Right. And Guy Fieri uh, texted Rusty me. Rusty black butthole. <laughs> <laughs> How black is it? It's so black. <laughs> Stephen Hawkins couldn't find a physics problem in it. <laughs> wow. Pretty good ad lib. Pretty good ad I like it. Uh, and then Guy Fieri gets a hold of me, and he's like, hey, where, where's this fucking celebration for Carl? He goes, I got some friends. I'm like, holy shit. That's so then awesome. we all found out that Guy Fieri, Alex Gornichelli, right. Rocco Despirito, uh, Duff. Okay, but, yep. I think maybe that's about it. We were going to surprise Carl, and there's a great video yeah, yeah. that we took he on the stairs. He fell down in the stairwell. He yeah, really he was. Well, what <laughs> he happened? He really was happy. He was, yeah, it was. It wasn't a fake. That was no, not a fake. No, there, he was there is real. video of this. This is there. reason 182 why Carl was the real deal. So... I, I didn't know how to get the you know the surprise going, so I went down in the middle of the comedy. You were on stage because you're in the I background. Was the fucking thing. Yeah, you were in the background of this I had video. No time for your shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> a job to do. And, yeah. and they I didn't go tell me anything, by the way. They yeah. didn't tell me shit. No. You can hear me in the background babbling like a spider yeah. monkey. So right. I go to Carl. I go, oh, Carl, we got a problem upstairs, you know, because that was my way of getting him upstairs right. so he could get his surprise. And then we could all go down and enjoy the rest of the Kenley set. Oh, is what yeah, my liar. thought is. I, we weren't going to do it in the middle of the fucking club. We weren't going to do it in the middle of the club. Okay. See, I told you he was main dick cocks with your Jameson, you son of a bitch. What'd you do to Vic? Yeah, damn. 
I'm so, already named Dick Cox. Why you got to go worse than that? Jeez. So I, so I go to Carl. We got a problem upstairs. That was my way to get him out of the out of the room for a minute. Carl, without missing a beat, well, we got a problem. We got a problem, and was ready to just fucking right. fight. Right. Yeah. He didn't need a question. He didn't need any explanation. He knew that because right. I set it up like we got a problem. And he's like, let's go. Sure. And he's running out of what's what? what what's the problem? What's the problem? And then. You know, then the surprises come. Didn't he say something to you so like, good. you want me to go to the kitchen? Because he knew everybody in the kitchen would fight for him. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> he knew they were... Oh, they're modern man. Yeah. Yeah. That's pull. That's a good pull. That's nice what... pull, yeah. Yeah. Did he really say that? I got to listen yeah, to that again. Oh, oh that's classic. That. <laughs> you want me to go to the kitchen? That's where the weapons are. Yeah. Oh, shit. They what? know me there. Yeah, exactly. yeah. You brought a full bar to get parts. We, well, we, I mean, we, we were talking about that in the last episode. Matt's like, what the fuck? I'm like, it's Dick Cox. You gotta I'm let canceling him. my show. <laughs> yeah, you, you gotta let. You gotta oh, let. for tonight, you're gonna I cancel am, your show. You're, can- okay. yeah, yeah. Well, you're you canceling your show. You can- you. Why, why are you canceling your show? I'm fucking too I'm, drunk. I'm, <laughs> you're too drunk. <laughs> stupid. I'm fucking him up. It's stupid. Why? I don't want to be on stage drunk. Dick is fucking right. Nick up. <laughs> I, well, don't blame me. No, no bring Dick. I, I was I'm trying to end this. Remember, I was trying to end this. Okay. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, <laughs> I'll sit in here and talk to you for another hour. Oh, sure. I know you will. But you're canceling your show today. I'm gonna have to call. I feel bad now because this was supposed to be a quickie. I'm already thinking. Strong left. He not I care. think I'm just gonna have to tell the truth, and I'm gonna kill myself. That's yeah. the next thing. That's the next thing. <laughs> I really am. It's like it's like Billy Jardell. <laughs> what? It's like, I'm. I'm. No, I started reading books yesterday. <laughs> yeah. I'm going all the way back to literature. Yeah, exactly. The printed page. That's thank you, Dick Cox. Yes, sir. That's right. Yeah. That's what. No. Yeah. Right. right. That makes me not have to want to talk to you, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> but you want to do this? You're so confusing. I am. You're right. You're, you're right. so confusing. No, I am. You're right. But you're, you're totally right. Like he's so. But I'm not a dick. He, he wants I to am. be. Just blame it on he Dick is, Cox. No, Dick Cox is dick. the reason this is happening. No. Well, yeah. I'm let, just saying. Let's reset. There's a bottle of Jameson. I there's, know. there's the son of peach beer. Then he's got a. Ju- oh my God! You got a whole cooler of the. Pe- you got more ice over there, right. uh, Dick Cox. We played four hours of soul before you started. And, and, uh, and then we got the wild turkey. Out the part. We played Sam and Dave. <laughs> we played Cab Cal. We played four hours of soul before oh, you. Uh oh. What are you talking about? I, you're dropping shit, not that, me. That was Dick that, Cox that dropped was, a beer on my no, floor. We played four hours of soul before we started. This is beautiful. What you guys were hanging out before? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Where were you guys? What? Here playing four hours of soul. Yeah. <laughs> I'm snorting. Sorry. You gave me liquor. Try not to give him liquor. No, it's my Dick fault. Cox. It's totally my fault. I'm canceling my spot later. I know you said that. Right. He's got a, a copper cup and Jameson. I, I mean, it's all right in front of him. I mean, you know. Stop giving me liquor, Dick Cox. <laughs> yeah, it's Dick's fault. Don't listen to him, Dick. Keep it going. Right. Hit the gas. All right, go ahead. Listen. Why are you holding your mic like a crooner? Because you told me to. <laughs> You told me I was too we got loud. Dick Ames, everybody. How you are you, told Dick? Me Dick Ames. <laughs> you told me I was too loud. Dick Ames. Like, he's holding like a crooner. That's though. funny. <laughs> I'm Frank Sinatra, motherfucker. <laughs> Not Dick Ames. I've got to have Tony Bennett. Summer wind came rolling. Don't sing. That's my favorite one. That is my favorite one. That's my favorite one. You're going to make me cry now. Dick Ames. Oh, God. Oh, God. oh, boy. Everybody's got their tears stored. Oh, that's, that's wow. the music. What's the right one there? about it's been a, a, a great year? It's a, It was a good year. Very good year. Yeah, very very good, good year. year. Yeah, yeah. My. Uh, 
Summer Wind is my favorite Wait, one. We'll get yeah. back on track. Well, because that goes back to the Pope of Greenwich Village. Yeah. Oh, if you ain't seen the Pope of Greenwich Village. Mickey Rourke. They took my dumb shot. Right? You know what your problem was? You never hit her. <laughs> Julia, Julia Roberts' brother. You they took my thumb, Charlie. Come on, I, I know some movie lines. Chalooch. Chalooch. We're going to have a couple of, like, gentlemen. Right. Yeah. I had you figured. Right. I had you figured <laughs> at the beginning. Because <laughs> right. he's right. fucked right. him on right. the deal. He's fucked him on the deal. My, and he's like, $10 versus $5. <laughs> and he's like, I had you figured, Charlie. I had you figured. Chalooch. <laughs> and he pulled his like, oh, fucking God. ball of Kanye. And he goes, Let's, like, gentlemen. <laughs> you know your problem, Charlie? You never hit her. Yeah. You never hit her. I'm not saying smack her around like a maniac. <laughs> wow, you, you know oh, this Oh, I know this That's fucking... That's a great movie. It's one of my favorite... I haven't seen it, the movie in 25 oh, years. I'm it's, not saying, but I'm like, ba-boom! Will you tell her you get your coat and you don't say goodnight to nobody? That's the part that makes them quiet, Charlie. You don't tell them... Don't, you don't say goodnight to nobody. Nobody. It's the fucking greatest... So, oh my God! So speaking of uh, uh, crooners, all right, I'm done. All right, no, it's I'm not talking anymore. No, no, no. <laughs> no he's trying no. to turn the mic off. Got the Carl no, story. Carl story. Done. We're doing Carl this story. podcast because of you. We're doing the wheels off podcast because of you. Carl story. I'm kind of out of hey, Carl uh, story. 86th Street escalator. Oh, that's pretty funny. Okay, oh, I remember that. Okay, yeah. oh. Carl, in the last few months of his life. Hanging out with him more. He's living with Vic, and you know. Yeah, people out. should know that Judd Jones at the end of Carl's life was right. hanging out with him a lot hanging as well. Out last like two I'm years. Like, you told a great story yeah, at the yeah. memorial here. Carl told us, uh, you know, he's hitting the gas in everything in life at that point, you yeah. know, for the good or for the bad. And um, Carl, as uh, Vic has said, Carl had all sorts of uh, chicks on the Upper East Side in the general vicinity. Blah blah blah. Apparently, he was with one of these women at the 86th Street subway station on 2nd Avenue, the queue line, long escalators, late at night, they were coming from up on east side down to uh, the chick's house or whatever, and Carl was talking about, they were on the escalator, nobody was around, he's standing behind the chick, and they fucked on the escalator. On that wow. long escalator. The long escalator at 86 and second. I believe it's like down. a double down. Right. Right. <laughs> one, it. No, it's one and then another. And there's right. two of them, right. And when he tells, if, so he if had a random mover. friend right. told right. you this, you'd be like, "Bullshit, dude." Right. But when Carl tells you this, there's no reason to think he's not telling the truth. Right. <laughs> at all. My, at all. My favorite thing about Carl, I've told this in the past, but it's been a while, so I'll tell it again. So, right. You know, uh, family man with kids, and you know, also Carl, one of, one of my best friends. You know, Saturday, Sunday mornings. I would announce to my family, oh, hey, Carl's uh, checking in. My wife would be like, oh, what does he have to say? And I'm like, oh, my God, nothing. Never mind. And I would yeah. throw my phone. Yeah, it's not shit, him. The shit he would send us. Yeah. Sure, sure. She's like, but what? You, you said, I, oh. he wants a podcast today, I think. I don't know. Oh, did Carl send a picture? Let me see. <laughs> oh, it fell. <laughs> no, it my, fell in the disposal. That's the third time. Honestly, my wife would be cool with that, but but I was just like, holy shit! All right. When did he have time to do this? Yeah. The man was loved. Yeah, the man oh, was well, loved. That's, oh, for sure, board. that's yeah. easy. That's, but you, yeah. you know, love, hate—that's certainly he loved. No, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, god damn it! I wish as many talks. people liked him as 
This motherfucker. Not the first time. See, that's I been told said. you we get me. See, I'm gonna get me. It's happening. I, I, it's, it's happening, happening. <laughs> in front of our eyes. It's he right. can't help himself. It's an old right. joke. It's an old Keep joke. drinking. Let's see where it goes. <laughs> yeah. It's an old joke. Oh my god. <laughs> it's an old joke. It's an old joke. Oh, yeah. So much fun. Actually, a funny thing, going back to your yeah. Navy thing. You, you know, know I care. I know it's, you do, man. Thanks for bringing right? all the booze there. Yeah. You got a whole. Yeah, I don't you, know did how... take a, you did take a picture of all this, didn't oh, you? Oh, my God, did I? I mean, he's got a cooler, multiple booze, and we've an 18 no, pack of don't beer. Don't take it. No, make them. Radio is a vision of your mind. <laughs> 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 I told you, he's such an asshole. <laughs> I was trying to avoid this. <laughs> you know, He's the you most sarcastic guy. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Look at me. What? You know, when my ex was pissed when I went to Opie's show, everything, I tell she said, well, you got a face for radio, so it fits. That's all. Oh, wow. That's very nice. nice. Yeah, thanks. But it's been good hanging out with you, boy. Yeah, yeah, it's good to meet you, It's a good time. Cheers to Dick Cox. Yeah, to Carl. I'm canceling. Right. I, I didn't even want to. my spot. I'll be honest, I didn't even want to podcast him, but Dick Cox is in town. And I'm like, <laughs> it's a good call, he, dude. He gets people together, good man. Good call. All right. I think yeah. that's how we end with something nice. All right. All, All right. that peach beer is gone. Peach beer. Peach beer. Cheers. 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 Yeah, that was fun, man. Well, the fuck is All right. Gotta hang it out. I don't know how long that was. Okay, so uh, that episode ended at Get Parts. Obviously, it was me, Vic Henley, my good friend, Judd Jones, and my friend, Dick Cox. And we were planning on continuing the night because we were having so much fun and we were going to walk up to Ribbon on 72nd Street on the Upper West Side. But it became very, very obvious that uh, Vic was done for the night. And Judd Jones ran up to me and he said, yo, our boy is done. And I turned uh, to see Vic Henley being uh, pushed into a cab and he kind of looked at me and kind of waved and uh, they closed the door and the cab took off. And sadly, that was the last time I ever saw Vic Henley alive. Um, Then the coronavirus hit and we all went into self-quarantine. And it was about, I don't know, about a month maybe that I didn't see my good friend Vic Henley. And man, we were seeing each other probably once a week, talking on the phone a lot. And I decided, you know what? I got to call my friend Vic Henley and see how he's doing with this whole coronavirus thing. You're about to hear that phone call right now. And what's really, really special about this phone call, little did I know that this would be the last time I ever talked to Vic Henley. So, yeah, I know, I know, it's a bit creepy, but, uh, you know, that's that's life for you. And before we play this, by the way, I just want to say one thing. With the passing of Vic Henley and the passing of Carl Ruiz, I was done. I was done with the podcast. I was done with radio. I simply was done. And I want to thank you. We got a really, really special group. Uh, You are the reason that I continued with the podcast. So I want to thank you. And I also want to wish you a very, very happy new year. Uh, All the best in the coming year. And we move onwards and continue. So check this out. My dear friend, Vic Henley. Love you, miss you, buddy. Hey, buddy. <laughs> What's up, Vic Henley? How are you, buddy? Uh, talking to my mom, making me laugh. I've talked to her more than I've talked to her since I lived in her house. Well, yeah, man. <laughs> I mean, we're reconnecting with uh, you know family and friends because of the pandemic. She's, she keeps yelling at me because I keep saying I don't care. Right. And so she gets a little aggravated, but... 
between her, you know, she fell and hit her head. If you remember that part, uh, of course, and we talked about that once that was, but that started the, me calling her. I used to only call her every couple of weeks or whatever. And then, so now I'm on like a 40 something day roll of, I've spoken to her every day. It's like a ritual now. Oh my God. And this hadn't happened. This hadn't happened since I was like a teenager and lived in her house, and and it's wonderful. And I've told her so many stories and that are good that are like I hadn't told her all the evil, right? But I've told her I've told her a million stories about things that went on that were sort of harmless but mischievous as teenage <laughs> boys would be between the three of us. And I've had her laughing out loud. It's hard to get Gloria to laugh out loud. Oh, really? She likes silly. Yeah, she likes slapsticky. Benny Hill. <laughs> <laughs> what was one story you told her that uh, she found, you know, funny? Um, I told her, okay, I told her when, um, so we had a party. She had gotten a promotion with her job, and she had to go to Charlotte, North Carolina, which is about almost five hours from where we're from. So I knew I was going to get Friday and Saturday. And so leading up to that weekend, at high school, they've literally nicknamed the party the, the party at the Henley Hotel. <laughs> they know that you're going to be able to spend Friday and Saturday night. That she ain't coming back till Sunday dinner time. Yeah, and so now it's all booked up. And she's told me it's okay to have like nor I can have like two friends. There can be six of us there. Yeah, I can get a date. I can get two friends, and they can get a date, and they're welcome to come over and eat and. You know, watch a movie and popcorn and whatever, play records or do whatever you do in the 1800s. So then it just blows up. And next thing you know, that we've blocked traffic down the street. Um, <laughs> yeah. Literally, there's there's more than 100 people there. Right. Um, one dude shows up late and, uh, and he's completely hammered. Everybody else is doing the kind of. Maybe a couple of beers, maybe a wine cooler, <laughs> maybe a drink. <laughs> yeah. Everybody else is kind of trying to sneak off and find a corner for the makeout more than to get hammered. Sure. And so, so this guy shows up late, literally, you know, like donuts in the front yard in a Camaro and just tears up the lawn. Does <laughs> <laughs> he comes in hard, way too hard, way too fast. And so we're greeting him at the door because again, most everybody's paired off and I'm telling her this and, He's barreling around all by himself, and we're kind of like, dude, you need to get out of here. You're hammered, and we're we're, already, we're down to we've, we've cut this way back by this point, and we're, you know, it, it looks like an orgy, <laughs> but because there's still too many people in the house, but everybody's kind of paired off, and he takes a swing at somebody. He almost knocked. We had a grandfather clock that me and Mike and Terry had all chipped in one year and bought her. But we thought this was the greatest gift ever because we spent fifty dollars each, <laughs> right? You know, handmade from Fairhope, Alabama. Ooh, nice! <laughs> the Emperor Clock Company in Fairhope, Alabama. We knew it was a good clock. We knew it was a good clock because we had seen it as a gift on Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting your gift ideas from Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> yes. That was back when you could buy. Remember, you had to spend your money on sure. the overpriced items. I'll take the spatula for eleven thousand. Do you remember the famous one where the lady goes, or or it was a guy? I forgot, but uh, goes, I'll take the brick wall for a hundred dollars. 
and, and they had to tell the contestant, uh, no, that the, the hundred dollars is for the, you know, the, the clock or whatever that was on the board. I didn't know. I did oh, not know. Yeah, it. It's a famous not, one, man. I did not, I did not know. I'll this. take the brick wall for $150. <laughs> and they had to tell this person, no dummy. That's part of the set. Oh God! Yeah, that's great. Anyway. So he so he swings yeah. at somebody, and the clock almost gets tipped over. So my one friend runs over and catches the clock and straightens it back up, and then now everybody grabs him, and they're just escorting him out. Nobody, and he's struggling, but nobody hit him back till. So they got him out the front door, and we got him out to his car that he's torn up the front lawn with, and. As soon as they let him go and they're kind of pushing him, he takes two or three shots at everybody else and he's swinging wildly. He's coming close to hitting no one. Yeah. And, um, but then on about the fifth or sixth try, he swings so wildly, he falls down and on busts his face on the driveway. Oh, and all God. his fault. We have not made a soul laid a hand on him other than getting him out of the house. Yeah. And so, so now we go over to help him and pick him up. So as we're picking him up, here he takes a couple more shots at somebody. Now he lands a couple of blows. Well, now, uh, then Norton just beats the piss out of him at this point. He's laying there. And so now we don't know what to do. He's literally, you know, barely conscious. And we, uh, we put him in the backseat of his own car and we drove him home. And we, I followed in another car and we drove in his driveway with him laying in the back seat. And then I stayed in the street in my car and we ran up there and rang the doorbell a bunch of times. And all of us ran back and jumped in my car and drove back to my house. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> so he, um, both sides of both, each side of his jaw was, he had to have his jaw wired shut. They had to take him to the emergency room immediately. Wow. Um, his dad, his dad was at the house within an hour. Yeah. It took about an hour. By now we've gotten back. I've broken up the whole party. We cleared out the traffic. I made everybody go home. Only me and Norton are there and maybe one other, and maybe Broadfoot was my other good friend. And so, but we've run the girls home. We've run all the traffic down where so the doorbell starts ringing at about three in the morning and it's his dad. So now he's back from the emergency room. His dad's down out there in my driveway with a baseball bat. And, um, Norton opens the door. I mean, you would have thought he was in the first grade wearing footy pajamas. Wow. <laughs> What's going on, sir? Is everything. <laughs> what are you talking Mr. about? Mr. Sir? McCarty. What <laughs> right. are you doing here? <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Literally fake yawning, wiping the sleep out of his eyes. <laughs> right. Wow. <laughs> so, and he's looking around because he's confused because his son has told him that, you know, you've just walked out of, you know, like an animal house, blow out big crap, crazy party. And, uh, and there's nothing, there ain't an evidence of any of this has taken place. And here's Norton and, and I'm, I'm, I'm giggling. I'm looking around the corner. He stands there and plays it straight up. Eddie Haskell. Oh, I don't know. I have no. I know. Uh, we were no, no sir. We were playing some records. <laughs> <laughs> so they left town. They moved away eventually. <laughs> About two weeks later, he was. He had to go to school for two or three more weeks with his jaw wired shut, so he could talk. All he could do is talk like this because his jaws wired shut. Oh wow! <laughs> we got away with it clean, and and we keep telling him. Um, we don't know what you're talking about. We just play it straight. And then he just believes that his son was so hammered that, that it must've been another party or something else or blah, blah, blah. So Gloria never knew. My mom never knew this had happened. I go, you don't know about the party where Mike McCarty got his jaw broke. And if you remember, they did move away. She goes, I wondered why they moved away. Y'all were on the wrestling team together. <laughs> oh my God. I'm like, I go, they moved away because, uh, 
he almost broke your grandfather clock. Yeah. And uh, and we broke both his jaws. Or Norton did. Norton broke both his jaws. She still has the clock. She goes, I love that clock. <laughs> she does. I, <laughs> it was more about the clock than the fight that you just confessed to. Oh, well, oh it was, I mean, I'm telling you, it was. I told her that was a tame one. Well, yeah. that was the worst. No, that was a bad one. I told her a couple of tame ones Yeah, where, you know, we just, you know, did these pranks and different things that and the other around the neighborhood and stealing. The guy across the street always had a big garden, but he had a fenced in backyard. But he had a, he had an apple tree, a plum tree, and he's growing strawberries and raspberries and blueberries. He was always getting mad at us because we'd hop the fence in the middle of the summer and jump in there and raid his whole garden and come home and eat everything. Sure. So yeah, there's some so there's some good coming out of this pandemic and the coronavirus. You're uh, reconnecting with your mom. She's not worried about it at all, and she's in that age group that uh, they're saying is uh, very dangerous. She's 86. Oh Her Sunday God. school teacher is 90. Oh, my okay. God. Okay. <laughs> Oh and still, God. just like my mom, is still driving. Yeah, they don't drive at night, they, but they don't drive at night. But they're out there roaming. The, you know, here they are, and her name's Katie, and Katie's the person that's the you know at ninety. She just goes and visits everybody. She finds out who's got the latest sickness or this, that, and the other, and who's in the hospital or who doesn't have a lot of family. And she's the first one over there just for 10 minutes to say hello and do the little old lady Baptist church thing. And so she's talking to my mom the other day, and she goes, well, I got to go, Gloria, because I got to get on up here to the hospital. And my mom's like, the hospital? <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with you? And she's like, well, Gloria, you know, it's so-and-so, and she's got no family. There literally is no family left. She's got nobody, and she's just, I just can't stand the thought of her sitting in there all by herself, just sitting there. And my mom's like, okay, Katie, look, I only say shit once a year. <laughs> <laughs> and today's the day. And she goes, today's the day. Yeah. I'm telling you, that's bullshit. Right. Don't you dare go. This is the only time in our lives that you should not be running towards a hospital. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know, Glory. You know, the good Lord needs us to do our work. And, all that. and I'm the good Lord. Okay. Then the good Lord needs you to be alive yeah. and not run towards a hospital. Yeah. Well, you're in the plague. Gloria's calling it the plague. Right. Well, she's calling it the plague. And she's telling Gloria, when your time is here, it's here, Gloria, you know? Oh, God. So, that's, anyway. That's insane. 90 years old and still trying to help people and going to the Roaming around, yeah. Roaming around Calhoun County, Alabama, because you still think you're 10 foot tall and bulletproof sure. and oblivious to everything. So, and, and, the good, and the good Lord's going to take care of you. Well, the good Lord take care of everybody. So uh, does your, uh, you and your brothers worry about your mom driving at 86? Oh, not at all, because like my niece Tatum, both my neck Tatum and Katie. Now, Katie, I have another niece that's not the Katie that I was just telling you about. My, both Katie and Tatum are my nieces, and they've always joked about, uh, nanny don't drive like a nanny. Yeah. <laughs> she's, she's, she ain't impeding. She's out there roaming around. She's a great driver. She ain't going too slow. She's rocking it. So because we've ridden with her, when I go home and go to his lake house, I let her drive because – she knows a couple of short courts down these two lane highways that are back roads that take about 15, 20 minutes off the trip going to his lake house to, in Alabama. And I'll totally let her drive at 86. If it's, if it's one o'clock in the afternoon, absolutely. I'll let her drive. Wow. I'm not worried about her. 
no, she's a good driver. She she's great. She's no problem. You know. You so. want you want to hear about the last time my mom drove? <laughs> Please. <laughs> so you got to know a little bit about my mom because my mom's father was a raging alcoholic so she was always paranoid about being under the influence so she didn't really drink she didn't take pills none of that if my dad had a beer or two at dinner every once in a while my mom would freak out and go freddie you're not turning into an alcoholic are you (laughs) and all freddie wanted was a goddamn beer every once in a while in the house but she was that paranoid, okay? So fast forward, she's got mental issues and OCD and whatever else. And they start uh, just filling her up with pills, lots and lots of pills. Uh, and so she she was out of it for probably a decade. And uh, Oh, good gracious. And she would, we, she would jump in the car and take off to collect her cans. <laughs> I, 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 I told you about the cans thing, didn't I? Yeah, I remember. No, I remember. Okay. No, totally. Right. No, I, I, totally. it was mortifying. I know we didn't have a lot of money, but you know, also you'd be with your friends at a shopping mall, little strip uh, uh, mall, and there she is in the dumpster collecting uh, empties, waving right. to us like, "Hi, Greg." I'm like, "Oh my God, no!" <laughs> So excited, right? So excited. excited. Oh, like it was nothing. That's what I loved about my mom. It it was always like nothing. Like it was normal. And then, uh, you know, when it was, she would have to take me and my friends around or whatever. We'd have to jump in a really nice car because every once in a while, my dad being an entrepreneur would hit. And the first thing he would get would be that new car that would last for 10 years until he hit again. But anyway... (laughs) My mom would take the brand new car and fill it up with uh, beer cans that she's finding in the dumpster. So the whole damn brand new car always smelled like booze, which was also yep. embarrassing. But anyway, fast forward a whole bunch of years. Now she's, uh, you know, pretty, pretty uh, drugged up and out of it. And she would just take off in the car to do her errands, whatever it would be besides the can thing. And me and my uh, brothers and sisters, we would look at my dad like, she she shouldn't be driving anymore. And my dad's like, (laughs) at this point, my dad is like, he's exhausted. He only has one artery left to his heart. And, you know, he doesn't want to deal with too much. He's like, what am am I going to do? You know, it gives her a little freedom and she gets some fresh air. And uh, basically what he was trying to say is, you know, I I get her out of my hair for an hour or two. I just, I don't care. It's worth the risk. Right. So she takes off one day and I don't remember who called the house, but it was either my mom or uh, or the police. Uh, You got to get to blah, blah and blah, blah immediately. So me and my mom, uh, me and my dad, excuse me, we jump in my car and we go to this uh, this intersection. My mom's car and my dad's car is totaled pieces of the thing all over the place. There's a there's a work truck that that T-boned her. This guy's on the side of the road completely freaked out. Like, what the hell just happened? I guess my mom just pulled out, just pulled out. And this guy, you know, had no time to react. And, uh, you know, my mom probably should have died in this car accident. She's on the side of the road, basically like, hi, hi, Greg. Like, (laughs) once again, like nothing happened. And me and my dad, I remember my dad, who's seen a lot at this point in his life. We're like, holy fuck, how is she alive? And that was it for, for my mom's driving.
a, like a bomb went off and just the whole car's in a thousand pieces blown yeah. up in the oh, middle yeah. of the intersection. Oh, uh, yeah, more or less. Yeah, more or less. I mean, it was... <laughs> She's car- over on the side. Yeah, I just, yeah it's excited <laughs> to see us like, hey, what, why don't we go get a bite to eat, you know, or whatever it was. <laughs> that was finally the uh, the catalyst that got us to talk my dad into, you know, her not driving anymore, so... Man, they were, Madigan, Kathleen always tells me about, um, she would always meet her granddad when she was, um, her first year out of college, she was like interning at the paper there in St. Louis, the Post-Dispatch, I think, and she was also bartending at a, like the, at a private club downtown that was for like the, the Cardinal fans and the Blues fans and stuff like that, so she had the two-job thing right out of college going on, and, but her grandpa cracked her up and was hilarious, her dad's dad. And he would come have lunch with her every Friday, once a week. She came from the came. She knew her shift in the afternoon, and so he he got in a fender bender, not even a bad one. He just literally like some little side scraper thing, but it was enough where by then whatever he's ninety something. They're like, okay, no more, and they took his car away from him. And so then she'd pick him up. She'd go have so pick. They'd let her go on her lunch break to go pick him up. And then come back. So she still carried on the lunch tradition, but he just couldn't drive down there and meet her anymore. Yeah. So after after a month of her going to pick him up or so, one particular, he's like, hey, you don't need to come get me today. I'll just, I'll be down there a little bit. I got away down there. And she goes, okay. And she thought he was coming with a friend or something. And here he comes rolling in. And she's like, how'd you get here, Grandpa? And he goes, I drove myself. And she goes, I thought Dad took away your car. And he goes, that doesn't mean I can't go to the dealership and buy another car. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Which is exactly what he did. <laughs> no kidding. That is awesome. <laughs> so now she's kind of stuck in the middle because she doesn't know whether to tell on him or not. You yeah. know, she knows if she does believe with grandpa that it was a little bit too severe that, okay, maybe he didn't check his rear view and he scraped something backing out of somewhere. It wasn't anything like your mom's accident or another car was involved. He's literally coming out of the old folks home, he's banged the gate or something. And so, so she let him slide for two or three more months <laughs> on the fence about, should she tell her dad? And she's still, they're having their luncheons and everything's going good. And then finally one day her dad got hip to it and finally asked her, he goes, how long have you known that my dad went and bought another car? <laughs> <laughs> she's like, I took two months. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> <Maybe."> beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Well, he wasn't, you know, some, I love, I love the committed old person. It's not just going to, sit somewhere and stare at the wall by God, they're going to be active with the rest of their life. If they, if they can, and no matter what, horrible. even if it means taking out a family of four, selfishness at its finest. Right. I fought in world war two. Damn it. Right. I've earned the right to kill other people. Because right. of my- yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Hey, uh, I got to interrupt for a second just to talk about uh, Blue Chew. Are you are you into the boner pills there, uh, Vic Kenley? You know, one some Carl. Yes, Carl. Carl gave me. I've only tried this one time, and it was when he was living here, and somebody gave them to him, and he goes, "And these are the Canadian ones. They're extra good." Oh, really? Really? There's a difference between the Canadian ones and the. He goes, "Oh." The Canadian ones, uh, your dick will get so hard you want to fight it. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's talking about Blue Chew for real. I got a live read for Blue Chew. The only reason I say that is because uh, he would talk about Blue Chew with me before they started sponsoring the podcast. And one time when we were at the Creepy Cabin, 
he asked me if I wanted a blue chew. And I'm like, Carl, it's only me and you. And he goes, I know. It'll be hilarious. And he really <laughs> wanted to podcast. And you know, Carl, he just he just found the funny in the fact that it would be just me and him at the creepy cabin uh, with boners podcasting. And I'm like, Carl, I that's. And you yeah, know, that's a little weird. Yeah, but, that's a little weird. Yeah, but now, <laughs> but now that I, you know, now that he's not here anymore, I, I kind of wish I took him up on it. Me too. Me too. Just so I could hear the story. I kind of <laughs> wish we took the blue. I shoes. completely wish. I completely wish you would have taken him up on that. I'd love to hear this. But story. our good friend Carl, you know that something like that would be more normal than not. And then, yeah, there, then there was the other time when I uh, I opened up his freezer and he had uh, he was he he had joints in the freezer, like joints that were half smoked in the freezer. I remember that too. Here's the problem though with the self quarantine. You know they shut down hair cutters, so we're all starting to look uh, a little raggedy. I went and got one yesterday. I saw the there's a barber shop at the end of my street and the po- the pole was twirling and by God, the one guy walked up there and stood on the outside and looked around and one guy was leaving. He was literally dusting his neck off and finishing the guy who's got a full on military basically. Yeah. So I'm watching him. He just zip, 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 zip. And I was watching him dust him on off. And then that guy stepped out and I went in and I'm like, let's go. And so it was just me and him one-on-one in the shop and he gave me a great haircut and I needed one. And so again, I, I hope something bad happens. I'd love to die yeah. of a haircut. Well, that leads to the other thing. I mean, me and you are very, uh, very, di- well, we're similar in a lot of ways and we're different in others. You know, we were having a good time at get parts. We were, uh, we were celebrating your, the release of your comedy slash CD or download. Hell is, yeah. hell is real. Hell is real. Everything was going great. You were going over to Sirius XM to promote the thing. Right. And you were right. going to bring me to Sirius XM with you. And I was like, ah, I don't know if that's a good idea, Vic Kenley. Um, life was good. And then we were going to go back to get parts and do another podcast. And then the whole world changed. And uh, I got really uh, nervous. The fear started taking hold, the anxiety. And... Uh, I started seeing the numbers tick up and I said, we're out of here. And I left New York 10 days ago, 11 days ago. And I don't know when I'm coming back to be completely. I don't blame you. That's what I, if I had that opportunity, that's exactly. I said, first, I think I sent you a text right away and said, please tell me you're out there. And you're like, absolutely. Yeah. I'm like, great. Yeah. (laughs) I'm definitely a local. The amount of time I spend out here, it's like, Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So so I feel like I'm a local. So they talk to me like I am. And they're like, these goddamn New Yorkers bringing the coronavirus to us. (laughs) And they're like, what? The coronavirus would have taken at least a couple more months before it got out this far. But these damn New Yorkers and they're coming out here like it's a vacation because they don't have to work anymore. So what's going on way out east here is that uh, the restaurants were full uh, a mere few days ago and the streets were full as people are shopping and going in and out of stores and getting cocktails and eating uh, fancy dinners and stuff. And the locals and the locals are like this. you, You can't do this to us. We're right. taking it seriously. You got to take it seriously. They don't believe in the social distancing out here at all. No, no, no. B, uh, DC Benny's on the North Fork. He, you know, he has a house out there, and that's why he did what you did. As soon as he could, he went out there, maybe yeah. even before you did. But at least maybe 10, 11 days ago. Yeah. Same thing. They, and they, they love him, too, just like that. I've gotten the same version of your story from him yeah. just the north fork just the north fork version where they're like people are walking around like come on god damn it really yeah you know 
well, there was a lady that uh, had coronavirus. She called uh, one of the hospitals out here. This was in the paper the other day, actually. There was a great article on all this in one of the New York papers. And she uh, called the hospital and said, I got coronavirus and I need to be treated now. And she was from New York. She wasn't a local. They're like, man, please don't come to the hospital. That is not a good idea whatsoever. You can infect other people. We're not ready for this. Blah, blah, blah. And it's better. It's best you stay home. Wouldn't you know the lady showed up at the damn hospital? Oh, fuck yeah, banging, like, ringing a bell, like, yeah. looking for a, a bell to ring like you're checking into a hotel at the front desk, yeah. I'm sure. It's all about me. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. <laughs> me, me. <laughs> yeah, Un- Unbelievable. Yeah, you did write uh, me uh, and said, hey, man, uh, you know, you were hinting at, uh, you know, coming my way, which we would love to have you. But I did tell you. I was joking. I was totally joking. No, but I would, we would love to have you. I, but I, I said a bit, I go, you could come here, but you got to take a bath in Perel before you get here. You did. Yeah. You said, yeah, peroxide. <laughs> <laughs> so, so much of right. Full on hazmat. I'm coming in with a scuba mask and a snorkel. <laughs> oh, my God. Before, uh, yeah. before I left New York, man, they were, they were shutting down my building even. All the workers had masks and gloves on. And then it got to a point where the elevators, you know, you got to think that a lot of people are getting infected with the coronavirus just in elevators in New York. So they pretty much shut down the elevators as far as uh, crowds go. So they only want like two people going up at, at one time in the elevator unless you have a family, then the whole family could go up. So there were lo- there were lines forming because I, I live in a pretty big building. Uh, yeah. Because they're trying to separate the people as best they can. But that's why New York City... It's like a bomb went off. It's the it's the worst area in New York for this uh, coronavirus. Well, you know the the liquor stores are thriving. I can tell you oh, that because sure. I've been going. The weather's been great, and you can go to the park. Right. And so if the the park is big enough that you're not by anybody, so you can so you can push your kid in the stroller, you can walk your dog, you can do your jog, you can do your run. The park is the best. But the park is why I bought my apartment because of the proximity to the park. Sure. So. Having this good weather and not having you to just be stuck raining the whole time, staring at a wall, that's been amazing. And I've been out there two or three hours a day. So that's been great. All the liquor stores are open and nobody's acting weird in the liquor store by guy. They're walking right. You're right behind somebody. Ain't nobody being weird. They might be wearing gloves to hand you your liquor bottle, but nobody's wearing a mask or nothing in the liquor store. CVS, some are wearing masks, some are not. Uh, the grocery stores fairway and whole foods got picked clean and then i go around the corner here to the little you know not the twenty thousand square foot store but the eight thousand foot gristides yeah and they had everything wow i wow. couldn't believe it i was literally dancing up and down the aisles because when you go in it's like it's like being in line at the bank you got to go up and down the line sure, you know how those sure. stores are here yeah yeah and but there was so there was so much fresh fruit and produce and everything then I'm like getting over here. I'm like, there's going to be meat. There's going to be meat. <laughs> I, was so happy. I was wrong. There was no meat. No there was meat. no meat or toilet paper. So I just started making food. I've made more food. I've, I've got, you know, enough to feed an army here. And Oh, nice. But you're not hoarding I'm, because that was in the article, too, because you got the New Yorkers coming out to their, quote, summer homes or renting summer homes out there, out here, excuse me, early. And they're going to the appliance stores and they're buying an extra refrigerator. And the and the people at these places are going, how big you want your refrigerator? And they're like, the biggest one you got. I'm oh, filling God. it with food. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> Humans are just ugly. God, I hate people. I hate them. Are you staying safe? Because you, you really got to stay away from people. You can't be 
going and getting a haircut or hanging out next to a guy at the liquor hey, store. Hey, I wanted to get. Hey, look, I was out, I was I was coming out of the liquor store, and on a whim, I saw the barber pole twirling, the old school red and white twirling, and I'm like, surely to God, you're not supposed to be able to get a haircut. Yeah. And when I walked over there and saw the dude leaving, I'm like. And I need one bad. I've been up again trapped in here for too long. I feel like I have a shrub on my head. Yeah. And I knew I ain't going on stage for four months, and it doesn't matter what I look like. I don't have to shave. But the pretty boy in me, seeing, I'm like, fuck it, I'm getting a goddamn haircut. Yeah. So I walked in there and got a haircut. And so, you know, I'm, I'm going over to Judge in a second. We're about to grill in an hour. And he's like, fuck it, come over here. I've got weed. Right. And I'm like, I'll come over there and sit for two or three hours. I don't care. And if if we're out on the deck, whatever. If that kills us, then death by barbecue, another good way to go. Yeah, I understand. What about. I'm not going to total chicken little hunker down. You know, I'm not, you know, I, I was telling various people, you know, you know, people are going crazy and riding around in their car in a hazmat suit. And yeah. and I've been telling everybody I'm wearing an adult diaper and flip-flops and juggling <laughs> raw sewage while running through the streets of Manhattan. <laughs> You're braver than me. I got to ask you something, uh, being from the South. Did you see what Michael uh, Mike Huckabee tweeted? The Arkansas idiot? No. I, uh-uh. So, uh, you know, with the toilet paper thing, it, we're all panicking about that, which is kind of ridiculous, right? Um he says that in the South, they use uh, the cobs. The they corn- used to back in the after They had one time. The corn cobs. And he was basically yes. saying it with all seriousness that if it gets bad, you could, you could use corn cobs to wipe your ass. Now, being from the South, do you know anyone that ever did this, Vic Henley? Yes. In, in literally in like 1919. It's that old and stupid. Maybe at the latest 1933, 34, maybe. And that, and that was if they were dirt, dirt, dirt poor, probably sharecroppers. I could ask my mom about it, but yeah. it's, he's that old. It's literally something from the 20s or the 30s, and you had an outhouse, yeah. and it was a thing. And that, it was a thing. That's totally true, and I probably know somebody's grandparents or great-grandparents that totally did that. But um, uh, other in the past you know, 80 years, no. <laughs> so, so you eat the corn on the cob, and then you you – throw the cob in like a bucket at the outhouse and they were using yes. that to wipe their that's incredible man that's it's like composting because it's just all there it all just goes away it's totally natural so yeah it's completely yeah yeah so but you know i was telling ron white i called ron the other day he's he's in austin he's by himself in austin housebound yeah and we were talking about this and he was talking about um He's like, I've never felt bad. He says, I'm running out of rolling papers, but I think there's a Gideon's Bible in here somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Ron would do that. That's awesome. And so I, he goes, I'm, I go, oh God, I've rolled, I've rolled many a joint uh, when you didn't have any papers in a hotel on the road because you just tore a page out of the Gideon's Bible. It's the same paper sure. consistency. That's funny. And so, and he's like, I was, and he goes, now is it bad if we wipe our ass with it? I go, I said, as long as it's a Gideon, I don't think that's even a real Bible. <laughs> so yeah. if, if you run out of. If you run out of toilet paper, you got joint paper and you got ass wiping paper as long as there's a Gideon Bible in the nightstand. So you're how are you passing the days? You're going to the park when you can and uh you're watching documentaries and I'm sure you That's it. I had to call my financial planner because I have no income for four months. Yep. And it's tax time and we've been talking about all that stuff, so there is some little I's uh, to be dotted and T's to be crossed, well, so to speak. They moved tax day though, so you're good for a little bit. Oh, nine weeks. Yeah, uh, yeah, they ninety yeah. days. No, sorry, ninety yeah, days. Yeah, yeah. So, 
I yeah, because got- no, my 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 advisor was like my financial advisor though is we were talking. I was talking to her because she loves me because and she's amazing. So I was talking to her the other day about what to do about all this lost income and blah blah blah. And then she reminded me of the one time. So I was around when eighty seven when it crashed in two thousand when it crashed in two thousand eight. I've been up and down with all this stuff. I love capitalism. I'm not worried about this. Uh, fine, I'll wait this out. I love capitalism, and I don't. I'm not trying to sound like a big Trumpy or anything. I just love America and the fucking system. And if you ride it out and make smart choices, you'll have some good savings. So anyway, she reminded me yesterday, Friday, of during one of these. I think it was around 2000. Um, she she would have to do these mass emails so that everybody know. Calm down, chicken little. Stop worrying about it. And I'm available. Don't worry. Calm and volatile times. Prudency is the way to go. You never sell in a panic. That's the stupidest thing to do. Never sell. I write back a hilarious. I mean, I reread it and worked on it for a half hour, three paragraph, how everybody's a goddamn idiot. But I, and I meant it just to go to her, but I hit reply all accidentally. Oops. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> and my amount of money compared to the people's, I mean, she handles lots and lots and lots, millions of dollars. Mine is a hundred dollar balance and a pittance compared to some of these other people. And it took her three weeks of apologizing. She had she goes she had to write me back immediately because I'm gonna have to throw you under the bus on this. I'm like, I know, I'm so sorry. <laughs> completely my fault. <laughs> so Oops. we were we were loud about this. That's been a running gag in our relationship for twenty years is the one time out. She I, she goes, It was the funniest goddamn thing because I love it. She goes, I saved it. I still read it. It still makes me laugh. Oh my she God. goes, But I did have to act like I had nothing to do with that and you were just a jackass. And I'm like, I know you did. She goes, It was funny though. She goes, I, I still read it. It still makes me laugh. <laughs> so I'm like, Okay, good. You know, when I uh, first started getting money, it's funny you should uh, mention like finances and stuff. I went to my first uh, tax preparer, let's call them. And it was a guy that Anthony knew. And he had his office behind the strip club out there on Long Island. On, uh, I think it was Jericho Turnpike uh, for people that are wondering. And he loved clowns. So he would put on a clown nose, Vic Henley, as no. he's preparing your taxes in front of you. And then he would put it on a pile and say something like, well, hopefully this will go through. <laughs> <laughs> True story. That's the short version of it. You'd go in there. He goes, uh, you know, you're you're in entertainment. Did you buy any clothes this past year? I'm like, ah, maybe maybe a thousand dollars worth of clothes in the last year. You know. He goes, all right, I'll put down ten thousand. I'm like, I said a thousand. <laughs> he was one of these guys. This is so many years ago. I'm sure I could costumes. T- costumes. Yeah, I put down ten thousand. <laughs> oh my god! It's like, do you drive uh, to you know to the city? And I'm like, ah, me and Anthony, we switch off. He drives one day, I drive the other day. But then a lot of times, I'm really truly taking the Long Island Railroad. All right, we'll put down that you're driving ten thousand miles a year or whatever it was. You know, he would just fudge all the numbers, and I could say this because it's so many years ago, and the guy's no longer with us. And he would do the whole thing with a with a clown nose on because he loved clowns, and the office was filled with clowns. And then he would throw it on a pile with the rest of his clients and go, "Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully that it's not flagged by the IRS." To be honest with you, this was. So long ago, in the very early days when I did, yeah, okay, it wasn't a monster miner. I got no, it wasn't a lot of money, and it was like hell though with that loosey goosey attitude. Oh well, that was part of his personality. I I mean, in the end, 
you know, he knew what he was doing. Um, but I, I wasn't comfortable continuing with the guy. And, uh, you know, we went our own ways. And I actually saw him over the years here and there. And a couple times he actually drove me uh, home from the city, whatever. But uh, then I went, you know, legit with my agent and, and the people he set me up with. And I've been with them for... I don't know, at this point, well over 20 years. So My buddy's dad was my accountant forever. Right? Was the guy, and I've known him since I was a teenager. And yeah, he was just, and he's very conservative, and there was no way there was ever going to be a mistake. He was just that straight up, straight arrow, never fudge, error to the side of penalty before take a gamble, you know. And so in the late 90s, you know, like 20 years ago, I was in the Cayman Islands. There was a gig down there. And, uh, you know, the Cayman Islands from in the firm, you know, they're the numbered accounts, like the, the Swiss banking. There's 525 banks on that island. There's oh, yeah. the Swiss banking center of the Western Hemisphere. So it's the numbered accounts, and you can, you know, it's all the laundering and all that stuff. It's in the firm, the book, the firm, sure. and all this stuff. So, But there was a club there. It was a great gig, and it was super easy. Everything was paid for. It was just a free vacation, like one show a night, and all your bar tabs, all your restaurants, everything's great. And so... I'm down there with uh, Eddie Brill, my buddy Eddie Brill from here in the city. We're down there, and I was we had got I got we got women with us. And we're just having a big time. And on the first night, I walk out on stage, and there's only like 50 people sitting there, and, and it's my accountant. Here's my buddy's dad. Here's C.E. Charles Eugene King, C.E. King, sitting here with a, a dude that I played little league with, who's still my accountant to this day, Rodney Gibson. And I'm like, and in my head, I'm like. What the fuck are y'all doing in the Cayman Islands? <laughs> y'all are the most two conservative fuckers. I didn't even know y'all were knew where the Cayman Islands were, but I wouldn't think you'd set foot on the Cayman Islands. <laughs> yeah. Just to be associated with you might be doing something shady. Yeah. And they're grinning, they're so happy. <laughs> so, so I do the show. I don't say anything to the audience. We just me and Eddie, we just both do what we're supposed to do, but then we're hanging with them at the bar. And the, before I can say anything, he goes I, I know you're wondering what we're doing in the Cayman Islands. <laughs> I go, yes, I am, and I'm sure it's crooked. He goes, I swear to God, it's not crooked. I swear to God. <laughs> but before I can say anything, that's what he opened with. I'm like, can you tell me what it's about? I'm not allowed to tell you what it's about, but I swear to God, it's not crooked. <laughs> okay. All right, Charles. Exactly. But I know it was crooked. There was some shit going on. It had to sure. be, right? And, but the dude that I, I would have bet my life at that moment, if, you know, if I was 40 years old at the time, I would have bet my life that he would not be doing anything crooked. And then the minute I saw him sitting there in the way he was acting, I'm like, oh, Charles has got a little crooked in him. <laughs> Made me happy. That's beautiful. So wh- which documentaries are you, you watching? I watched the ZZ Top, which was uh, was pretty good. I loved it. And uh, I thought it was great. They skipped over a lot. I wish they wouldn't have gone to the MTV stuff so quickly, but they skipped over a lot. I would rather see a little more of the older stuff. Yeah. But um, it's still great. It's amazing. Ron White told me a great story. We were talking about it yesterday where Ron said, when Frank Beard first went to rehab, Ron was in rehab, and he was like a little ahead of him, and it was one of the first times that somebody tried to clean Ron up 30-something years ago. And so they were in the same facility. And so you get like a sponsor and a helper and they, they help you get with your family and friends and kind of get a group going to, to have a little support group to help you. And so Ron was in charge of helping Frank Beard, the drummer, get his stuff together, you know, his group and his family and all this stuff. And, you know, so there was only a whatever, three months or ever how long they're there, but they were, that was his one-on-one connection was Frank Beard. And so 
Ron told me, you know, down through the years, he often wondered, you know, as the blue collar stuff and he started blowing up, he always wondered if, you know, if, if any of the ZZ Top guys ever, you know, he was my sponsor and he helped me do my family and friends. And yeah, so he finally ran into him somewhere just a few years ago, a couple of years ago, he ran into him, some golf tournament or celebrity thing. And, uh, he goes over to him and he's like, Hey Frank, I don't know if you know me. Didn't remember any of it. Didn't have any idea who he was. <laughs> oh, no kidding. It went that way. Wasn't a dick about it, Ron yeah. said. Wasn't a dick about it. Was not mean about it. Was not rude at all, but literally just stared at him, you know, like Ron says in his act, like a cow looking at a new gate. <laughs> <laughs> just, just staring at him. I had no idea what anything he was. He remembered being in rehab 30-something years ago. That was about it, but he didn't have any idea. He didn't know Ron was a comedian. He didn't know Texas. Yeah. He didn't know shit. Like and so Ron cow. was like, okay, well, good to see you. Just, you kind of just slough off by yeah. yourself. <laughs> like a cow looking at a new gate. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is brilliant. My cousin's calling me now. My, my line's beeping. It's my cousin. You want to take that? Are you done? Have we got enough done here, do you think? Uh, whatever, man. We're in self-quarantine. We can do this anytime we want. Or let me talk to her. I mean, she's been, we've been playing phone tag for two days. It's all good, bro. Go, go, go. All right. All right. Okay. All right. All right, buddy. I'll see you. All right. My buddy, Vic Henley, he's out.